Wilderness Podcast. Hey, Jordan. Bobby, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing well. I just realized these new batteries I put in may not last, but let's just go and I'll Wait, keep an eye on it. Are they new or not, just new to us? <laughs> are these were, were these purchased used off of the local classified website? I don't think so, but the way the economy is going right now, it's possible that we we bought used batteries, repackaged via the the large uh, try and save. Well, do batteries batteries normally come in Ziploc bags, right? Uh, they come at least in like a vacuum packed package. Oh. So yeah, maybe these were used. Oh, so you these came in a Ziploc bag. I thought that was normal. Did it have like a barcode on it? What's a barcode? Okay, so you remember I have a friend a friend of mine pointed this out to me the other day. You're a, you're a member of the local uh, megastore, Costco. Yeah, we we have a membership card. In, okay, in good standing. Yeah, you know the Simpsons parodies everything. The name of the 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 big. Uh, mega store in the simpsons was try and save right he reminds me of that all the time try and save you just try and save try and save because you had the quickie mart and then you have the try and save <laughs> and then of course you had uh other things that mimic um you know real life you had the bimon sci-fi con that was uh the acronym for the bi-monthly science fiction convention that was great it showed up all the time and then we ended up with uh, the Fanex out here in Utah, which formerly called Comic Con, but had to change their name. Right. Because, did you ever go to that? I never did. I kind of wanted to. I've been uh, once, or no, twice. I think I've been twice. And I was helping exhibit, actually, trying to sell some hawk, hawk some merchandise. Yeah. Which is now today, by the way, called merch. Yeah, just I found merch. out from my kids. Mm -hmm. It's merch. called merch. So if, if you're a, an influencer, you can sell a lot of merch. Well, my, my kids have bought YouTube merch like yeah. from YouTubers. Yeah, like strange people that just have T-shirts and stuff. Someday, here's another, you know, for our list, and I think we're going to get into some lists today, today but someday we should, we should talk about, if, if you want to dive into a really dysfunctional subculture, in America, it's the YouTube and Twitch streaming people. They, these guys are, these guys are, some of these, some of these people are absolutely nuts. So it's not the people that like, I go to YouTube for to look for how to fix my car. No, those are normal people. Okay. <laughs> these are people that thrive on, on drama and a lot of infighting and it's, it's like a reality I, I, show I, I, on steroids. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes I get kind of pulled into it because, like I've, we've talked about, I like video games, and these guys are all attached to video games. Well, I'm aware of PewDiePie or P P PewDiePie. Yeah, yeah. He's actually, I think, one of the more normal ones. He's like a mind crafter, right? That's how he got his start. Mind, M-I-N-E crafter, because yeah. you're, you spend your, your hours and hours virtually mining things and to, creating things to create and, things yeah you know on that uh console behind you my boys have built stadiums and cities and pirate ships and i think minecraft's actually a pretty decent way to, for a kid to spend some time you can still kill people and loot the corpses i assume 
You can you can fight off zombies. I don't know if there's any corpse looting hmm. on certain game modes, but these guys are. There was one uh, incident recently where one of the one of the YouTubers showed up at another YouTuber's house, figured out where he lived, and showed up to the house. And the guy in the house pulled out a gun and fired the gun into the air. Really, that's a no-no, by the way. Oh, a huge, huge. <laughs> you do not discharge a weapon unless you're. It, Unless you're in you're imminent you have danger. A, in an imminent threat. Imminent threat. We've talked about imminent threat. Unless you have an imminent threat, don't discharge it. In fact, don't pull it out unless you think yeah, you have an imminent threat. And of course, we're not talking about like if you go to the range and you're target shooting. This was on his porch. It's all on video because these guys video everything. And yep. But um Is this in the south? It was. <laughs> um why were we talking about this? Well, you were talking about the whole subculture, or it may be the actual culture now, because mainstream, well, would you even call it mainstream? Network television, corporate television has lost so much credibility and so much traffic, so many viewers. So you're talking yeah. about the culture well, we were talking about merch. YouTubers and, that, and yeah. merch, and but the crazy YouTubers. I want to hear more about the crazy YouTubers. Well, there's just or always the talkers. There's always some sort of drama with with them, and it's it's like the most dysfunctional. Like these these are guys. I I think it might be a sign of the times where it's they're kids who grew up on the internet. Mm -hmm. Like our generation created the internet, and sort of we grew, but we didn't grow up with it. When when we were eight years old, we didn't have the internet. No, right? These are kids who are in their twenties now, early twenties. And their lives were coming home and playing online video games. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I don't think they ever learned how to properly interact with other human beings and resolve conflicts. Hmm. And, it, and, and I'm sure some of it is just drumming up viewership and drama. Well, you know? yeah, that's, it is a reality that's what show. sells, right? Viewers, viewers, the more views, the more uh, traffic you create the more you get paid, right? So that's the whole point of the drama. Right. But a lot of it is also, um, I think, just genuine like psychological damage problems. Yeah. And I think... Um, See, there's a lot of things I've seen. Like we, we have a Samsung television and we get some free television on it. Like there's a channel called Fail Army, which is just endless clips of people getting hurt. Mm-hmm like skateboarders or mm -hmm. people jumping into lakes wrong or falling mm -hmm. off of trampolines like that. It's, it's this these kids are drawn to this morbidity. I mean, I'm, I guess I was kind of drawn into it. You know, when I saw the kids watching and it was like, Oh, you know, it took a minute to go like, Hey, we shouldn't, we should probably ch change the channel to the Bob Ross channel, which is also free on the Samsung right. television. <laughs> Yeah, Bob Ross had happy a, little accidents. Bob Ross had a a surge in popularity a couple of years ago when Twitch. I yeah. think we've talked about Twitch. Twitch is a streaming platform, which started with people streaming video games and has progressively become more degenerate, and now is is dominated by young girls uh, in hot tubs and bikinis just chatting that's a new category and, and it's gotten so bad that twitch has now created a hot tub category because they had taken over the rest of the channel how's twitch different than tiktok well twitch you stream live and oh you, it's you, a live streaming you, yeah you platform. can stream for hours and hours 
Or TikTok, just short little clips, right? Okay. <clears throat> Getting an education here in the so, omniverse. And and Twitch Twitch got so popular this is the that flood the flood film school, by the way. <laughs> Keep going. Twitch got so popular that YouTube uh and a whole bunch of other platforms of integrated live streaming. So you can live stream on Facebook. You can yeah. live stream on Instagram now. And I've heard of that. I've heard of this thing called the internet and live streaming. Right. Well, and basically it's, it's become, there's some really good streamers out there. They're really entertaining. They're smart. They know what they're talking about. They know their, their stuff, but there's a lot of just degeneracy. Just. So and, where do you classify like the fail army guys? Like the, that's because that's, that's that's the, actually produced. The, the people find these clips and then they produce this long chain of I think unfortunate that's, events. That's the modern equivalent to America's Funniest Home Videos. Do you remember that show? Yeah, yeah. Bob Saget? Yeah. I think that's just the modern equivalent of that stuff. Because everything's filmed now because we all have cameras in our pockets. So yeah. I, I'm sure some of the individual stunts and things are probably staged. Like, hey, let's get you jumping into this lake, but do something stupid. See, there's another genre that's related that I've seen the kids watching, and that is like trick shots or trick. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll, they'll just be these endless streams of them like shoot, throw, throwing a basketball over a house into yeah. a... That's the Dude Perfect. Into a hoop. Oh, is that what that is? That, there's a guy the or guy. a group called Dude Perfect, and they do a lot of that kind of stuff. A lot of, of tricks, and yeah. then they... And see, that's more on the side of... Is that CGI or do they just sit there and throw the ball a million times and then... I, and then I think they throw the ball a million and times. And then they get the one take and then they repeat that over yeah. and over and over again, right? Like they, that's what they're doing every time. And I think that those guys fall on the side of decent television Yeah, there's, there's some that I've seen where there's like a kid that does some really cool effects. Like he'll, he'll uh, jump in a swimming pool and then the swimming pool evaporates or something right. and he, he's now flying or remember that. I think the original mantra for YouTube was broadcast yourself. And, and now of course that's morphed into broadcast the oligarchy. Right. But as at least as far is, as news goes, right. As YouTube has cracked down on Do- uh, alt, uh, independent uh, documentaries, unor- unorth- <laughs> unorthodox voices. And now it's interesting though. There's still a lot of them that are up there. The, the but, funny thing about these independent documentaries, like say, for example, one we were talking about last week, Alex Jones Endgame, you can find that on YouTube with a little bit of searching, but it'll usually be one that's brand new that somebody has posted, a, a guerrilla poster, right. has, has a guerrilla warfare poster has put it up and it's going to get about 10,000 views and then it's going to get taken down or 5,000 views or something, it'll get taken down and somebody else will repost it in two weeks and, you know... Well, the cycle continues. As we touched on last week, I think, and then over the course of this last week, the last few days, things that YouTube was censoring and deleting and calling misinformation or conspiracy theories or in our, let's see, it's been, uh, it hasn't quite been 15 minutes. Are we ready for our first Governor Cox <laughs> reference? <laughs> Oh, I apologize to everybody. <laughs> Sorry, out there. I wasn't paying I'm attention. Dealing, what, are you talking about <laughs> Spencer Cox again? I'm dealing. I'm I'm working my way through the uh, the Spencer Cox psychosis, but but he, you know, his phrase was was uh, disinformation, conspiracy theory, and lies. Um, but you're seeing things that YouTube and the other ma- mainstream social media outlets and press called lies or disinformation, 
and flagged with, you know, Twitter was famously flagging tweets. And on YouTube, if you put up a video that had anything at all to do with COVID, YouTube would flag that with a link to the CDC and where to get proper information. You're seeing these things. Or just take your, your stuff down. Right. Kick you off of the platform. Those the theories, those suggestions, those topics are now going mainstream, like the Wuhan lab theory, or even now immunity from, you know, natural immunity is still controversial for some reason. It's like the most basic function. It's, it's the reason vaccines the tenet work. of human survival. <laughs> it's the reason that, that vaccines, which are now the sort of the sacrament of the uh, Covidian witnesses or the branch Covidians or any other term you want to use that I've heard out there on the internet. Like the reason a vaccine works in theory and usually in practice is that it contains some small benign version of a, of a disease, right? And it, it triggers a response in your body, an immunological response. So you get the chicken pox vaccine your body acts as if it had chickenpox and you become immune. Well, natural immunity to chickenpox works pretty dang good too. I had chickenpox something like 35 years ago. Yeah, me too. I've never had it again. Me neither. <coughs> and to my knowledge, I'd, I mean, I haven't done any homework on this, but I don't think many people who had chickenpox when they were kids you ever know, get it again. I haven't even been staying away from chicken. Me neither. <laughs> I still haven't had it. So... <laughs> Did you lose your train of thought? <laughs> well, this is how the immune system works. It's funny though, because at least prior to 2020. <laughs> or right, and the very nature of the immune system has been changed. No, let me rephrase that. <laughs> the, the, the nature of the way we talk about the immune system. The immune system hasn't changed at all. But well, the, you know, people that are getting the mRNA shot, their immune systems well, might actually have changed. That's true. But that's a topic for a whole nother day, or maybe today. Well, what was I? What, I I'm having a trouble following my own. That's because I've been train trying, wreck of purpose, purposely trying to derail your train of thought. I'm a, I'm a train of it's thought. Not a train. I'm a train of thought a, terrorist. Let's be honest. It's not a train. It's one of those little car cars on the tracks that has the little the, the seesaw ones, on it and you need two people to pump oh. it to, for it to go. And I've only got one person on oh, that. Oh, see, I was thinking more of like one of those little car, like, a, you know, at a corn maze, sometimes you'll see a lawnmower, like a riding lawnmower with a bunch of uh, 55-gallon drums made into a, a ride for little kids to, mm -hmm. you know, little trailers. That's what I was thinking your train of thought was kind of like with a bunch of monkeys in it <laughs> and a clown driving it. <laughs> There's definitely a clown driving this. <laughs> So, okay, well, no, you're, you're saying... So the point is we're seeing things that just not that long ago were debunked now be undebunked. Right, and, last... And mainstream news outlets are retracting... Here, here's the big one. Yeah, here's, here's the big one because last week we talked about this and we've seen again this week, a f not a flood, but quite a few reversals. I don't know if they were quiet or if they're going to start to hit. A lot of them were quiet retractions to old stories that people yeah. have gone in and checked and seen, you know, kind of watchdog media watchdog types are going back to those stories and looking for these quiet. Right. Corrections so the, the, top, or the topic is whether or not 
COVID or uh, COVID-19, or that, that's actually the wrong name, whether or not SARS-CoV-2, the virus, the novel coronavirus of 2020, whether that was man-made or had the, the idea that it possibly escaped from the Wuhan lab, that is the thing that is getting quietly reworked at the Ministry of Truth by Winston and his buddies from 1984 making a 1984 reference by the way i think that makes 25 straight episodes yeah it could possibly be (laughs) is this this is 25 right uh yeah i think this is episode 25 mindvirus.show it is june 1st the day after memorial day find us on the web if you're enjoying the podcast please share this with your friends this is a shameless plug to share this with your friends or other people, maybe that you don't consider your friends, maybe consider taking out an advertisement for the podcast or like a billboard, like on a major interstate or something. I mean, if, if you're liking it, you know, some free advertising would be helpful. I'm just saying. If you do take out a billboard, you understand you'll be, you'll, be, you'll be doing the community a service on two fronts. One, you'll be promoting this excellent podcast. And two, you'll be taking up a space that is currently occupied by the Utah coronavirus propaganda channel who is busily lying to your faces. Yeah, feel free to use any of the graphics on our website that are not copyrighted by other people. That would be the logo. I think that's it. Probably. Anyway, (laughs) but uh, yeah, so earlier you were telling me about some um, disinformation lies, misinformation, propaganda, conspiracy theories that uh, you receive from the official state outlet. And I'm not talking about KSL, KUTV, or Fox 13 when I say official state outlet. I'm those are the about, unofficial state outlets. No, those are official state well, outlets. In, in the minds of the people. Because the state is the oligarchy. Yeah. And our, I think specifically our state government is, they're not even, they're not even the oligarchy. They're the they're little helpful, useful morons for the oligarchy. They're little... The government? Yeah. The state government of Utah. The, offic- I mean. the quote-unquote official government? Yeah. I mean, we live in a world today where people actually believe that our monetary system is a government-run entity because it's called the Federal Reserve. I was well, explaining this to some friends. federal fr- in the name. Yeah, I know. Jordan. I was explaining this to some friends, and, and I, I know that none of the listeners of this podcast don't understand this, but in the off chance that you do put up some advertising and you get some new people that hear this podcast, I just want to remind you, this is a good example of how just completely um, it messed says, up. It says reserve and everyone knows that means safety and it's a big room full of money for a yeah. rainy day that, that so you the don't federal, have to run on the bank. That the federal government keeps. It's a federal yeah. reserve. Right. So federal Federal Reserve in, in it's the Affordable Care Act. <laughs> it means its care is now affordable. Yeah, I'm speechless. <laughs> but if for your information, yeah, the Federal Reserve banking system is no more part of the federal government than Federal Express is a part of the federal government. They're only part of the federal government in the sense that the same oligarchy that owns the federal government owns Federal Express and owns the Federal Reserve. And they owned the Federal Reserve banking system before they owned Federal Express. So 
do your homework, read G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. But that's that's where we're at. Is like, yeah, this is all government. Yeah, the news outlets are definitely government because they're owned by the same people that own the government. But they're they're technically the unofficial outlets. So what 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 did you hear from the well one the local one apparatchiks? One follow up from the state of Utah COVID nineteen response. Um, I didn't win the Rona challenge. I was not one of the winners of the Rona challenge. Remember we talked about the Rona challenge where you could enter the contest to become a Rona ambassador. I heard Utah's got a lottery now. Did we, didn't we allocate like a million dollars to pay th- people I don't to get the vaccine? Is that I, not official? I, I don't think it's official yet, but it has been talked about. But so, so if that, you live. That's not the challenge that, that Bobby's no, talking that's, about. That was your, you could become a Rona ambassador and probably disseminate disinformation, conspiracy theories, and lies on behalf of the state on okay. social media. But it was part of the official language. But you, if, you live in, uh, if you live in Utah along the Wasatch Front, you've no doubt seen the billboards because there are dozens of billboards up and down I-15, Interstate 15, um, uh, along the Wasatch Front. You've no doubt noticed them. Of, of course, our listeners have noticed them. Um, and th- those come from this same entity which on Twitter, they're called the State of Utah COVID-19 Response. They have an official check mark, And this is also the, the website, the coronavirus.utah.gov. That's where they publish numbers and things like that. But the, these guys have been, the propaganda has been fantastic, unbelievable. It's like someday, if they don't nuke all of this, this account, this, can be, this will be studied by students of propaganda because it's it's perfect it's just it's so stupid it's so over the top so for example and i think we've shared some of this over the you know back over the pulpit back in november no i meant over the course of our time here recording (laughs) oh (laughs) but back in november you know they were telling us these were the people telling us not to be with our families you know, to skip Thanksgiving. Don't go to Thanksgiving. Now, now understand, this This comes from the top. There's no way that Dr. Angela Dunn, and I don't know if she's transitioned to her new job as the Salt Lake County Health Department czar yet, but she's stepping down as a state epidemiologist and taking over the Salt Lake Public Health Department. And that's a really curious thing because she made a lot of money as the epidemiologist. But you know, we can examine that some other time. But there's, 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 it's obviously that she knows about this stuff. The governor has to know about this stuff. And it's unbelievable. So this was last week. And I'm just re- I'm going to read, quote, The COVID-19 vaccine does a much better job at protecting our bodies from the virus than natural immunity does. Hey, hold on a second. Read that again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Hold on a second. What you... Read that again. Did your mic fall off? Yeah, but read that again. Off the tripod? Because that's, that's important. That, okay. You just, you, was the fir- that was the first sentence, right? Yeah. That may be the biggest lie ever perpetrated upon mankind. It's right up there with uh, asymptomatic spread. 
right? It may be even worse. This is a this is a complete and total reversal of everything scientists. It gets thought worse. That, thought they knew about Im- immuno- immunology and your immune system. Well, so it, say it, say it again. And it gets worse. So say it again. let me start over. And I'm going to do my little COVID-19 response voice. task force voice. But The COVID-19 vaccine does a much better job at protecting our bodies from the virus than natural immunity does. Okay, hold on a second, because I, when, when I was thinking, when I, when I was raising my objections there just a moment ago, I thought I didn't actually hear what I heard because they, there must have been a may or a maybe or a might in there. But that was an absolute statement. There was no qualification possibility for... So they, they literally are telling us that the vaccine does a much better job unequivocally. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. This is an, an official state outlet funded by your tax money, overtly, openly funded by you to tell you something that is indisputably wrong in an immunological sense, that the vaccine does a better job than naturally acquired immunity. They also said uh, some weeks ago that, quote, masks eliminate risk. Masks no, eliminate risk, and I could dig that up, but that's no equivocation. No, just they eliminate risk. So I said, so if I wear a mask, I become immortal. <laughs> but, you know, risk of what? Yeah, they eliminate risk. They eliminate the risk I, of you rising well, up. I started government. trading stocks with my mask on, and I've never lost a trade since. You I don't wear a start seat playing belt. sports. You could become a famous yeah, uh, athlete, maybe, but. Let me continue. I haven't even finished this. Sorry, tweet. sorry. That, that was the no, first sentence. Yeah, the first sentence is bad. Okay. It gets worse. This is just our first tangent, by the way. We're getting to something interesting but today. But wait, there's more. <laughs> okay, let me start. Let me read the whole thing now so you get the whole okay. untruth and nothing but the untruth. untruth. The COVID-19 vaccine does a much better job at protecting our bodies from the virus than natural immunity does. Scientists have found that the vaccine gives our bodies higher levels of antibodies than what we'll have if we're naturally infected. It will protect us and others. They don't provide a source for those scientists. I think that was a guy named Dr. Joseph Mengele. Yeah. And they, they get some pushback <laughs> in the comments. Um, Mengele, for the uninformed, is the infamous Nazi doctor who performed medical sp- experiments at the Auschwitz death camps. Well, he was a scientist. It said right there that he was a, a doctor. Well, scientists have found that the vaccine gives our bodies higher levels of antibodies. Yeah. And what we'll have if we're naturally A doctor is a scientist, infected. right? You know, and th- but there's, there's also there's studies and evidence that the antibodies from natu- being naturally infected might last as long as the rest of your life. So this is, it's contradicting the emerging knowledge, but also this tweet, it's, there's no way they can make this claim because there's no way we know any of this. The vaccines are, first of all, <laughs> the vaccine is only in about 20% of the people in Utah. 20, 25% have received both Doses Haven't they said like vaxxed. two and a half million people in Utah? They said two and a half million doses of the vaccine. So oh. one person can receive two doses. So they're going to claim victory when uh, 
two doses. Keep in mind, 2.5 million doses. There's only 3.2 million people in the whole state, a third of which are children who are ineligible. Uninelligible. Uninelligible, just like my unintelligible language. Hey, you... You're the uh, expert here, the credentialed pronunciation, pronunciation expert, excuse me. <laughs> so but, these uh, numbers are stupid because, yeah, 2.5 doses. And, and we have, let's, let's be honest, we have no way of knowing that if these numbers, these numbers could How be How many just, people have been double vaxxed, though? Well, just according to their numbers, it's like 25-ish percent of the state. Have been, like, had the had two vaccines or two shots because there's people out there i've heard from you on twitter saying they want to get the vaccine twice so that would mean four pfizer shots right pfizer to be considered fully vaxxed and able to freely move about the country you need both pfizer shots or both moderna shots or one johnson and johnson shot those are the stipulations for you to be able to go and eat dinner at a restaurant really well hmm. <laughs> by the way i'm not wearing our, my mask our local, so they can't tell our local grocery store or not the local grocery store which has been pretty uh, adamant about masks this is a kroger branded or kroger chain called smith's here in utah they've been you know all in on the masks for a while and for a long time I was the only one in the whole store without a mask, right? Now that's starting to change, but the, the language has changed. Um, they've been remodeling the store recently, this, this local one. Really? And all the stickers on the floor are gone, you know, mm-hmm. the, the magic dots. Mm-hmm. And the plexiglass is still hanging. Wait, I don't get out much. Protecting me and the cash register. From seeing uh, each other clearly. Not the cash register, but the... Cashier, checker, the cashier, protecting the checker, yeah. us from each other, but not the bagger. The bagger's life is, <laughs> it's is expendable. expendable. You're expendable. You're, and you took t- half as long to train. Some of the employees are not wearing masks, which is a big step. But the language on their signage has changed. It now says masks are required for unvaccinated people. Really? Now they're not checking. Of course not. And so, and I, and I thought about it the other day while I was wandering through the store. This is the, this is the gradual off-ramp that these authoritarians are using. And in a way, they're admitting that they were wrong all along and that the masks were stupid. And so instead of just, well, some, pa- some places are just removing the literature or the language, right? The signage. But these guys are using the vaccine as an off-ramp. And governors are doing this. You know, you can now do, you know, Fauci has said it. You can go out for your barbecues if you're vaccinated. That's pretty good. No, I don't know. That was more. That was more. That wasn't as good as Tyler was, Fisher. No, that was more John Travolta circa staying alive. Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever. Or uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. Did you ever watch that show? (laughs) That is an old show. I guess I better write that down so I can get a clip of it. Travolta was in. He he played a high school student, and the teacher's name was Mister Mister Cotter, and he would teach him, you know, life's lessons. C O T T E R. Yeah. Okay, I'll check that out. 
what is that movie called? It's called Saturday Night Fever, right? I can't help thinking of, yeah, but I can't help thinking of John Travolta without thinking of the movie that everyone must watch, Battlefield Earth. <laughs> so, but so. <laughs> don't, don't actually go watch that unless you really. So support. anyway, the, the language, the, the propaganda is, is changing. That's what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks is propaganda. And it's, it's, we talked about how neither of us have really lived through anything this intense this blatant of propaganda we talked about 9-11 uh you know post 9-11 america but this is this is orders of magnitude beyond that i mean here we have again like our local our state created a covid19 response which and all they've done since the very beginning is propagandize you know the the website's sort of useful because you can go and look at the numbers and the funny thing is their own numbers never reflected any kind of emergency you know the governor stands up and says our hospitals are collapsing and you go and look on their own data and it's the hospitals are fine so all they've done from the very beginning is propagandize we talk a lot about covid we've talked a lot about covid in the last six months and last week we actually let sort me sort of a continuation of the propaganda i want to rephrase last that week. we haven't talked a lot about covid necessarily we've talked about a lot about propaganda surrounding covid the the state of our what i I like to call the our current demise that it's being the vehicle is this virus and by the way australia and new zealand are entering new lockdowns because of a few a handful of positive 26 yeah 26 pcr tests 26 in in a nation of what how many people live in australia like 17 a few million right everyone knows that australia is entirely populated with criminals well i know it is so a lot a lot of criminals you know it's funny these poor australians they're they're taking australia back to its penal colony days because that's it's it's becoming a prison state penal colony you are trapped on that island you cannot (laughs) leave and no no one can go to it it's unbelievable okay so yeah we've been talking about a a lot about propaganda and it gets a little um, gets a little dark, but I think it's important for our listeners to hear how blatant it is, because most most people really aren't paying that close of attention to what is coming out of the official mouthpieces' mouths. Right. That's that's the problem. Is like, you might have noticed the billboards on I fifteen, yeah. but you've probably not gone to their. Well, Twitter account where it gets crazy. One one of the most significant pieces of propaganda I think that I've seen, what which was a blatant lie. So now we're not just talking about promoted material. Propaganda is uh, I think it comes from a Latin root having to do with advertising in in other in other nations where they speak a, a Romance language, a Latin based language. Uh, usually advertising is synonymous with propaganda it's just you know getting prop propagate the word propagate is also related to the same root and the idea is you're propagating something right so propaganda could be actually true but it's gotten a negative connotation in american society because of what we learn in schools about nazi propaganda and world war ii and other other types of propaganda soviet propaganda soviet propaganda yeah so Every country uses propaganda. It's a, it's an unfortunate 
awakening was well, not unfortunate, but it's, it's sort of a sad feeling when you wake up to the fact that you've been propagandized as an American, just like everybody else in the sense, in the negative sense, the, in that, in a way that the oligarchy has controlled you, that's, that's how you've been propagandized and you've, you've kind of feel taken advantage of kind of like the, um, the dog, the bulldog in the Tom and Jerry cartoons, when Tom is chasing the mouse, Jerry, but he accidentally runs past or he irritates the bulldog and then the bulldog comes after him, but J- Tom, being a quick-thinking cat, grabs a bone or something and, thr- and, and waves it in front of the dog and throws it, and the dog, being excited to play fetch, runs after the bone, grabs it in his mouth, and then either in a thought bubble or in actual reality on the, you know, because it's a cartoon... That the reality of the cartoon, they will change the dog or the thought bubble into a braying jackass. So he sees himself as a jackass because he has just made a fool of himself by chasing the bone. So that's sort of the feeling we all should have had at some point in our lives when we realize we've been propagandized by the government, by institutions, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody, everybody has to wake up to how this is happening because it's happening in every nation in the world. And that's how the oligarchy maintains control is first and foremost through this propaganda. So so the thing that we're talking about are is that it's gotten so bad that we're seeing out and out lies, just absolute reversals of truth or a lie, a blatant lie coupled with a a truth. And and the, one of the most blatant ones that I saw that I think most of most of Utahns did see and it's probably still out there is on the public service lighted billboards going across the freeway. What do they call those? They're the big they're the big signs, the information signs. Yeah, those are the ones that might say like icy conditions ahead or yeah. zero fatalities in Utah. My today. dad hates these because they make up these silly cute phrases. Yeah, they do a lot of puns like um on the 4th of July or something it might say, you know, keep the fireworks in the air and not on the road or yeah. some stupid something stupid, yeah. Like and I agree with with my dad on this one. They should not post anything that's not just sterile well, the, those, sterile information used, about highway conditions. They used those to um, congratulate Spencer Cox his victory in the election. See, that's <clears throat> terrible because what if you didn't vote for him? Then your tax money is paying for right. And again, like you're saying, there's no place for editorial editorializing on those. Those yeah. are informational. Those are safety related. Yeah. But they've become billboards for the it's state, propaganda for the state apparatus. Yeah, and the apparatchiks. An apparatchik is like a local official from the Soviet Union Communist Party. Is it Party. like a beatnik? No. Oh. It's, uh, let's see, spelled A-P-P-A-R-A-T-C-H-I-K, apparatchik. It says it's a derogatory or humorous uh, term for a member of the Communist Party or an official in a large political organization. And I would say with its derogatory connotation, the idea is it's sort of a brainless functionary performing... Performing so, all the negative things that you associate with okay. so pol- Spence, political Spencer Cox. office. Okay, yeah, absolutely. And Angela Dunn. They're apparatchiks. <laughs> they, they certainly are. Yeah. 
because they 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 and the people who run these accounts obviously oh absolutely 100 it's like it's like worse than a bureaucrat what's interesting about these accounts like this covid 19 response account is those people whoever they are there's some individual or individuals in charge of this stuff somebody is writing these things and there's usually an accompanying photo right somebody is creating this stuff who is that person well yeah and there's no consequences for the lies zero consequences who they are in fact it might be that that person is just some intern that just posting whatever's handed down to them Mm -hmm. they it's like oh yeah my nephew he knows the internet he can uh he can he can do the twitters just he'll do it for us that's i don't know what that voice is no but but that's terrible because that's the that's the place we're at where you know you're supposed to have certain in a free society you're supposed to have certain um rights like that 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 flow flow all the way through that you know they're not just rights in name only like for example the right to know who your accuser is Mm -hmm. that's like a enshrined in english common law Mm -hmm. and you know uh, unusual what do they call it um the right not to incriminate yourself, the right to not be subjected to cruel and unusual punishments. You right. know, those, those types of things are enshrined in the Bill of Rights. And Well, let's be clear, too. And we've, we've said this before. Let's say it again. These rights, the Bill of Rights did not create these yeah, rights. The point. Bill of Rights enshrined them or, or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Clarified that we were not going to give anything to the government. It codified them. Yeah, well, it's but they exist regardless. It's sort of like uh, there's some debate in Utah whether or not to become a Second Amendment sanctuary sanctuary state. state. And it was recently, um, recently Utah got rid of the need for a concealed carry weapon permit to concealed carry a weapon. Well, we never needed the permit in the first place. We all have the right to bear arms, which means we can also carry one hidden in our belt if i had any weapons i lost all mine in a crazy boating accident snowmobile slash boat accident (laughs) there was an airplane involved too but yeah these rights don't come from the bill of rights we we our kids aren't being taught that i don't think i was taught that in school you're taught that the government grants you rights. Right. The, the, the preamble to the Bill of Rights is a very, very revelatory statement. It says, the convention of the several states foreseeing that they needed to add, uh, you know, for, foreseeing that they were, the, the government might get out of hand, they thought it prudent to add further decla- declaratory restrictions on the government to, to enumerate the rights specifically particular rights so that the government if it ever got out of hand if right what would be unable to just take away these natural rights that they that they all had and so they they made it clear you know we have the right to keep and bear arms we have the right to peaceably assemble to uh have freedom of the press to to not have a state-established religion, you know, those types of things. They put those, not have cruel and unusual punishment, not have the government sorting through our personal lives. That's the, the Fourth Amendment, which is completely forgotten today. Right. You know, those, those types well, of things. Well, because the only standard for that, do you have soldiers living in your home? Uh, not that I know okay, of. Okay, then the Fourth Amendment's not being violated. Okay. <laughs> isn't that the... Isn't I thought that, it was the Third Amendment. Oh, maybe. 
No, I don't What's the one about quartering soldiers? Quartering soldiers, I think, is number three. Okay. We'll have to look that up. But anyway, so... Well, I don't have soldiers leaving my home yet. But it's... So therefore, my rights are not being violated I don't, in any other way. I don't think that they imagined a, a day when the, when the government... Maybe they did imagine this, but we have a situation where you have these nameless, faceless apparatchiks making statements, these bureaucrats making statements, and now you're getting uh, an unsourced, nameless faceless statement like scientists have you found you can't track it back well it's not just that but who said scientists have found that's what you're right, saying is it's right. is it is it dr fauci's nephew yeah or is it the governor's uh daughter or somebody that they gave a job to right we have no idea who who is behind these this particular account that we've been talking about but but you have uh, but here's the big lie here's the big lie i heard on the i saw on the freeway on one of those public service billboards it said, seat belts, both seat belts and vaccines save lives. Right. Which is half true and half false. Vaccines are not proven to do anything, actually. They, right. they, they have, haven't proved them to, to even reduce no the incidences idea. of we have no disease idea because there's, there have been no long term studies on the efficacy and the safety of vaccines. Well, and anybody who says any vaccine. Anybody who says look at the drop in cases is ignoring the fact that one, cases were dropping bef- already before the vaccines were mainstream. We're talking about vaccines like the measles, mumps, rubella stuff. Right, there's that too. But I'm just talking um, about yeah, COVID. COVID, but but the, yeah. Cuz that's what they're referring to is the COVID one. Well, yeah, but they but they, don't they, care, make a blanket, they don't care about your MMR shot. Yeah, but there's a blanket there's a blanket statement about right. vaccines saving lives. Right. And the whole, one of the things that happened right before this coronavirus episode was a huge anti-vax camp, or anti-anti-vaxxer campaign. Right. There w- there's been a lot of movement in the last several years, in the last ten years, against the vaccine lobby, against the pharmaceutical companies, where a lot of mothers are waking up to the fact that autism is a real thing that a lot more kids have it than used to and that the vaccines may be responsible and they want to be careful about all the myriad of shots they're giving their kids because you know when we were kids we got like i think somewhere between six and eight different over the course of like 10 years yeah and now it's like you get uh 50 different vaccinations i don't know how many it is there's up to i think like almost a hundred i think if you get every single one of them and every single dose but kids are being literally shot with vaccines minutes after they're born like the mother isn't even holding them in some cases before that doctor grabs the baby flips it upside down which is gives them a shot which is crazy because they don't even have an immune system at that point one i i was at a meeting where a, a vaccine researcher, you know, somebody who was totally not in the mainstream, somebody who had been castigated widely by the mainstream, was teaching about the propaganda and the methods, methods these people use. And they literally had an audio clip of a, of a high-ranking official at the CDC talking to a bunch of her apparatchiks and telling them, essentially, yes, we know that babies don't develop an immune system until they're about between a year and two years old and they're dependent on the mother. And then so someone says, well, why are we vaccinating these kids so young? And she says, it's to train the parents. I heard the audio and I've searched far and wide for it. It is, it's, a, I, it's the type of thing you think should be broadcast on the internet, that, the, that they're literally telling these young mothers to vaccinate by two. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. 
to simply train the parents to to get into the vaccine mode. That was what she said. And that, mm-hmm. and this is uh, whether you like vaccines or not. The point is, they are pushing them in a very very corrupt way, and they don't necessarily save lives. We don't know that they save lives. We have no empirical data. There have been no long term studies. All they can say is, well, polio. They'll bring up the polio vaccine or the smallpox vaccine, and the uh, I've heard doctors, def, you know, credentialed doctors, tons, most credentialed doctors will think you're cr- crazy if you say you don't want to vaccinate, and they'll they'll argue the party line on this because they got their educations, they paid a heck of a lot of money to get the credentials from the same groups of or conglomerates of corporations that sell the vaccines and that fund their businesses. So, so you'll get a lot of pushback from most doctors, except for the ones that have woken up and that have bravely put their careers on the line to go out there and, and try and educate people about vaccinations. And the point is there are no long-term double-blind studies that have been done on any of this stuff. The vaccine manufacturers do have immunity. They acquired immunity from lawsuits in Congress in the 90s and in the 2000s that was strengthened, we just don't know. And we cannot ignore the fact that society has undergone dramatic changes since the end of the Industrial Revolution, where water supplies have been cleaned up, sanitation's been cleaned up, health, health systems have been improved, hospital systems have been improved, you know, we've learned a lot more about health, we've got better nutrition, we, you know, We've done a lot as a society to try to get people to eat better. All kinds of things could have contributed to the reduction in the incidences of these diseases, you know, to in statistics. If you take like a college level statistics class, they'll say that um, they'll try to they'll try to explain to you some of the fallacies that people draw from statistics. And one of those is that a chronological coincidence or timing does not equal causation. Correlation does not equal causation is, is I think the way they'll put that. Right. And we just don't know. The theory sounds appropriate, right? It sounds like, yeah, if you can, if you can introduce a damaged virus and trick your body into thinking it's already had it, then it will, if it ever sees it again, it will destroy it faster. That's a, that's a plausible theory it makes sense but it's still just a theory it's not proven and we don't know much about it there's a whole alternative theory out there that doesn't get much play but that's called terrain theory and that's the idea that a vaccine or sorry not a vaccine but a virus or a pathogen will only have a effect on a person who has bad terrain where their body is susceptible to the introduction of that pathogen and so it all depends on the the person, which that, s- seems to be also plausible because, for example, with coronavirus, a lot of people didn't even show symptoms. Most people didn't even well, show symptoms. Well, the people who died were were old, fat, and already sick yeah. for the most saying, part. I'm not saying that you should believe one or the other, but you should investigate. Well, and that's the big point, right, is that over the course of, of history, really, and especially recently, the entire idea of scientific inquiry has been eliminated from our society and not just scientific, but any, we're not, we're not allowed to 
we're not allowed to discuss political theory. We're not allowed to discuss well, worse than market that. theory. We're you're, not allowed to, 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 we, you know, early on we talked yeah, about now it's the Keynesianism instead of free markets. And well, we can't even have yeah. the debate. And early on we talked about, right. The, the, um, the marketplace of ideas and how pe- certain people are being excluded from that and participating in yeah. that. And that's becoming more and more, uh, strong-armed right and what, it, it, what's worse than that and i want to just say this is that it, it appears we have not not only ostracized truth but we've now devolved into the telling of bold-faced lies unsubstantiable non-empirically supported is it bold-faced or bald-faced because i hear both and i think it's bald-faced <laughs> i'm looking it up but you're right. It's gone from oh, you can't. That's it's it's hateful to talk about the free market uh, versus Keynesianism to just lying, just blatant lies. Okay, 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 okay. So, so by the way, I have a professor. I think this is sourced back to Jack Welch at BYU. I heard it from one of his colleagues. He says that the dictionary is the most prejudiced, prejudiced book in the language. Well, someone writes it. Exactly. So the dictionary tells us what the terms mean. So that's interesting to think about because a lot of people make a big deal about, and I think they should, about you know, what, what the meanings of words are. I make a big deal about what the meanings of well, words language are, but sometimes is, I take issue with what... Language is super important because it's the yeah. way we communicate. Yeah, sometimes I, I take issue with what some of the, we think the, mean, the words mean or what they used to mean. Uh, when, when you're doing constitutional studies, a lot of people make a big deal out of the 1828 Webster's Dictionary. I think that's good. It's th- that's a good starting point, but it doesn't. It, these aren't the arbiters of absolute truth. Right. That's that's the main point I want to make. But here I'm going to quote Merriam-Webster, first result off of Google, and their article is entitled "Is that a is that lie bald faced or bold faced, and what about bare faced?" <laughs> and it says lies come in a variety of types. There are white lies, big lies, and of course there are also the kinds of lies told without concern for their ethical implications in full disregard of those who will be affected. Oh man, they're talking about right now. Right, exactly. <laughs> they're going to have uh, to alter that uh, definition. Yeah, that, that's going to get changed. The way they've altered too... <laughs> others, like vaccine. Anyway, uh, if you wanted a descriptor for such a lie in the 19th century, chances are you would have opted for barefaced or bare-faced. And um, so it looks like in the mid-20th century, barefaced didn't sound awful enough, and so the term bald-faced became used. And then in the late 20th century, the term bold-faced got into the game. So I think bold-faced got into the game because people like me who are speaking quickly or thinking quickly just grab the right. grab the adjective and throw it in there. Well, and bold is probably a word used more in that sort of context than bald. Cuz well because it's it's also a bold lie, right? It's like bold-faced right. lie. But I like barefaced. I think I'm I think I think I'm going to revert back to barefaced. Yeah, but come on. Bears aren't inherent liars. Bears are no. just big animals that are trying to survive in a harsh world. Okay. Now that the social justice Bobby has come out. I guess I, I see your point. <laughs> I, I think perhaps we should start a chapter of 
Bears Lives Matters. Well, we already got the acronym. Acronym. There's an. There's a lot of marketing for that acronym already. Yeah. If people come to our meeting, do you think they will be um, disappointed or not? My feel like we've put. Okay. Not my problem if they didn't do their homework. If they didn't do their homework on what our acronym meant. Hopefully, we can raise enough money to buy buy a lot of real estate. Whenever I think about stuff like this, I think about that great line in Forrest Gump where Forrest says. Sorry, I ruined your Black Panther party, Jenny. <laughs> I lo- so whenever I uh, ruin somebody's thing, I you I'll say, that. say that. Because it, it, you know, it's and I don't know if this was the intent of the film, but the the way Forrest says that it, it calls attention to the absurdity of the Black Panther Party and how uh, and they portray it as pretty militant and mm-hmm. that's where the jenny's boyfriend slaps her across the face and that's what ruins the party right is forrest doesn't put up with that and he beats the crap out of the little beatnik hippie beta male mm-hmm. you know whatever we'd call him nowadays and forrest you know he might be kind of slow but he's a alpha in the sense that he's strong and he stands up for traditional values yeah. and chivalry and he, he beats the snot out of this little guy and well isn't that kind of the point of the whole movie is to show how pure he is and how the events were sort of rigged against everybody like like when he goes to the vietnam uh anti-vietnam rally and they put him up on the stand and he tells his story but you don't hear any of it because they pull the the plug on and he's like and that's all i have to say about that yeah and he's he's throughout the film he's and there were a few people on the front lines that heard him and they were deeply touched by what he said but we never got to hear it yeah and and of course you know he lost his buddies in the war and Captain Dan lost his legs. And but you also know, well, he was the lieutenant. Lieutenant Dan, yeah. sorry. Lieutenant Dan, ice cream. <laughs> but you also, uh, I think, and the point, though, is he, he never had any agenda. It was just, he just told the truth. He was this innocent truth teller witnessing all of these historic events or even sort of instigating historic events, like little things like the uh, uh, smiley face. Yeah, you know how he <laughs> accidentally created that, or the uh, famous, you know, "sh happens" yeah. bumper sticker. And, it happens. Yeah, what does? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll keep this family friendly ish. But um, he he has this. It'd be interesting if the if it was a new Forrest Gump that let's say started in like what what that that movie ends in like maybe the late 80s i think when or early 90s early 90s wasn't it 94 it came out in 94 i believe so i think that i think his i think the story kind of ends and maybe i can't remember if they portray the fall of the berlin wall in Uh, there but but their big trick was that they superimposed forests in all this historical footage yeah and that was, if, it was like if oh, they that's such if good they made a Forrest Gump effect. two, with a you know uh, what I don't think they could what historical events would they portray him as being a part of? So let's say it picks up in nineteen ninety three. Uh, I mean, if you th- I don't, I don't know that there's been a whole lot of I'm well, not 9/11. saying eleven there there hasn't been a whole lot of historical events. I feel like there's been a whole bunch of like or there's been a few very, very dominant historic events since, say, 90, 1990. Okay, let's after make the, a list. After the fall of the Berlin Wall. 
So this isn't where we were going to go today. And it's already, we're an hour in and I've got no battery logo showing on this thing. What does that mean? Uh, there's a little battery, low? not logo. There's a little battery icon and it's showing empty. Do you mean you need to change the batteries? According to that, we do. Okay. So we're going to break. Now, you listeners out there, don't worry because you will not experience a very long break. If you'd like, we could, I could run this. We could run it like for 60 seconds just so you get the full like effect. Like contact? Yeah. Movie like, contact, like a bunch of uh, static. A bunch of static for 18 minutes or something or 36 minutes. You, we're going to. I would. I don't know how long we're going to break if, here. If we did that. We would lose the few listeners we still have at but this point. If we if we break, we just want you to get a flavor for what's going on here. So just know that there's going to be like some discussion that you didn't hear. Probably really good discussion that's not. Well, you know, safe as much this. as we talk about, as much as we de- despise censorship, we st- <laughs> we, we do a little <laughs> self censorship. Yeah. There's things do, that neither of us, even sort of somewhat anonymously, okay, let's, let's mentally, we don't want to let's say mentally on the gear up internet. for episode 40, 42. It should be episode 42, right? Because it's the, the answer to the secret of the universe and everything and the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's true. That will be Bobby and Jordan uncensored. Okay. Episode 42. If we make it that far. All right. Okay. Break. Okay. We'll take a little break for station identification. All right, we're back, and it's now October 2024. (laughs) No, just kidding. It's still June 1st, 2021. (laughs) Transmitting from a a bunker during the middle of the apocalypse in earnest. I found some batteries, and I found some more propaganda just now. he He couldn't stay away from Twitter. So this is the CDC. Your, we're, we're in a hurricane bunker your, right now, reporting from the CDC. Who the CDC, if it ever had credibility, is is completely lost. They have no. They should have no credibility left. But of course, they still are propped up by mainstream media and politicians. Well, that's what the C stands for in CDC is credibility. Yeah. Right. Okay. This is a tweet from them today. It says. Hashtag prep your health for hurricane season. For hashtag hurricane season. Prep your health for hurricane season. And there's a bullet point list. One, make an appointment. Or make an appointment. Okay, I'm going to start this over. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have an appointment you need to get to here? (laughs) No, I sure don't. Okay. Okay. Prep your health for hurricane season. Make an emergency plan. Collect supplies and create go kits for your family. Know a safe place to shelter. Have several ways to receive weather alerts. Get a COVID-19 vaccine as soon as you can. <laughs> Learn more at this website. <laughs> okay. One of Which, these, this is from Sesame, Sesame Street, right? Street, One of these right? things is not like the other. <laughs> One of these things is not the same. Yeah, and it was always the black kid. Was it? That's the joke, right? I don't remember. I don't know. I can honestly say, I don't know that Sesame Street ever had that little bit where they had three white kids and a black kid, but that's become the joke. Mm. Maybe they did, but I thought it was I, like they would show like several donuts and one of them had sprinkles or something. Yeah, that's, 
It's to teach kids to recognize outliers patterns. and patterns. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly, I, it's sort of like the, it's, it's one of those, uh, uh, Mandela type effects where you, re- re- people remember certain things as fact. Another one is remember in the 2008 presidential race, that was McCain versus Obama, right? Yeah. And McCain's running mate was Sarah Palin. And she said in real life, she said that one of her credentials was that she was governor of Alaska and Alaska is close to Russia and there's some national security installations in Alaska that she mm-hmm. nominally oversaw. Pretty weak idea, but you know, whatever. Well, Saturday Night Live lampooned her by saying that she said, I can see Russia from my house. And <laughs> That quote that I can see Russia from my house quote became attributed to Sarah Palin. Real life, right? yeah, and of course she never said that. It's sort of the way like when Trump said that they were looking at ways to use Clorox and bleach on the coronavirus. People be, that became Trump told everyone to drink bleach, and now right. people are drinking bleach and dying, and it's like. That's not, That's what, not he what he said, and nobody's drinking bleach and dying. This happened over the weekend to General Flynn. He was on a show and was asked about um, Myanmar coup, if that could ever happen in, in um, the U.S. The U.S., and he said something like, it's possible, and then he qualified that statement, that it should happen. I, and I think his point was that he was trying to qualify the, it's possible, you know, that it would happen, but he said it should happen. And so then the media outlets picked up on that and said, he wants it to happen because yeah. he said it should happen. Yeah. General Flynn on coup. It should happen. Right. Yeah. That's what the media does. The media distortion. They do that a lot. Um, okay. Well, before our break, and by the way, if you want to, to prepare for the coup, get your COVID-19 vaccine. Right. As well, as well as a go kit. And a way to receive weather alerts. It would be a shame to go unvaccinated into the apocalypse. Because where are you going to get your vaccines during the apocalypse? Right. I mean, maybe, like, right now you can go get them at a clean doctor's office or, say, a Walmart, which is relatively clean, (laughs) or a baseball game. Yeah, you or like a dance game. club, I think. They're what I never giving out fa- free vaccines everywhere. Yeah, what I never found out about the um, baseball game vaccines is, but I I don't know if you had to go to a separate like if there was a different line like like next to the beer and hot dog line, they also had the vaccine line, or if they had vaccine administrators just come right to your seat, so I could keep watching the game. And, hey, bada, hey, bada, get bada, your vaccines, hey, bada, vaccines, bada, bada. Yeah, free hot, vaccines, hot peanuts, hot. hot peanuts, and a vaccine, COVID vaccines. Fresh vaccines, freshly thawed, fresh vaccines. AstraZeneca, Pfizer, Moderna, but not Johnson and Johnson. We're out of Johnson and Johnson, sir. You can take a Pfizer vaccine. I'll be and back. They, I'll be back in the seventh inning for your second shot. And they jab you right there in your seat, so I can sit there and be like, "Hey, bada bada bada, vaccine, bada bada bada." No. Oh. Anyway, so before our little battery-induced break, we were talking about. Forrest Gump and historical events that he would be superimposed into, say, in the last see, the whole f- 40 or the last 20 years, yeah, 25 as we, years. As we were postulating here in our lengthy break, 
which was way better than what we're about to say. Well, we had some cookies. Sorry, you all missed it. We postulated that the fl- the flavor of the whole movie would have to be different, right? Because you know, Forrest is sort of this bystander in events, and this this noble, <laughs> n- naive but but uh, well, moral at- moral bystander who who then gets pulled into the events. And, and the becomes o- the story. The overall theme, I think, of the events are war plays a big part. Um, and overcoming the the fallout of war, and 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 it shows and a lot conflict. of conflict. You see, you see, you, you you know the 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 pointlessness and the horrors of Vietnam are portrayed. Yeah, mm-hmm. he loses his best friend Bubba, and. And you see sort of the existential despair in Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Yeah. Ice cream. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan, you got new legs. <laughs> this show, if we're not careful, it's going to become a stream of bad impersonations. So we've got to probably clean that up. <laughs> I'm fine anyway, with it. I like Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump is great. and But then you have, you, have, you see cultural... Um, you see the civil rights movement. You see, um, you see, uh, sort of the economic boom of the eighties with him being coming a you know an entrepreneur and a shrimp magnet, magnate, magnate, and a magnet. He attracted the shrimp. Well, but, apparently they were the only shrimp boat left after one of yeah. the huge storms or something. And that's another kind of um, theme in the movies that he's just in the right place at the right time yeah. due to no, nothing, you know, it was just all accidental, happy, happy little accidents. As yeah. Bob Ross would say. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they made a new version and picked up the story in 1995 or whatever, like when that movie came out, which I think it was a 1993 or 94 movie. So if a kid was coming of age in the nineties, we followed this kind of to its conclusion. You'd see him go through several events, you know, and the, the question is, what are those events? My guess is that if they really... 9-11, if, of course. If I was writing this story, I would age the kid to where he was 18 years old on 9-11 so that he could go fight in all the... See, I don't know. I would make wars. him... An, I think I would make him an internet tycoon first. Like a Mark Zuckerberger? Who then, who then uh, through a strange series of events... Goes through the dot com. Maybe he goes through the dot com crash, and then he has he enlists after nine eleven. He could do that, and then he comes back, and he then becomes a real estate investor. (laughs) This this doesn't sound like Forrest Gump because now he's going to have he's going to be a victim of all the crashes that we've uh, the the bubbles that have been inflated and then popped. Right. I don't know if that's the way. How would we do it? Well, and that's where we we were kind of talking about offline is. There wouldn't really be any cultural events to put him into. I look back at the last twenty-five-ish years, and the events aren't organic cultural movements. There, well, you have Hurricane Katrina, and you've got the Tea Party. <laughs> yeah, but the, the the Tea Party lasted about a half a weekend before it was co-opted. De- you know, quickly co-opted right. by the oligarchy. But there, what are the? See his. His life is shaped not necessarily by yes, there's there it's shaped by cultural events like cultural movements that I think 
for the most part, other than say like Vietnam War, Vietnam War was not an organic thing, but the counter protests, I think, were somewhat yeah, and organic. the music and stuff. So he, what, what, so basically, what, what, he would be an internet, an internet savvy, maybe maybe make a lot of money on the internet, like he did with his shrimp boat business. He becomes a social media influencer, then he becomes a social justice organizer, and pretty soon, by the end of the movie, he is no longer Forrest Gump, but he's either Fiona, Fatima, Francine, or my favorite, Florence Gump, yeah, Florence as a transgender Gump. woman. That's where we end up with Forrest Gump. If he's created by, if they were to do the story today, and then he's running for governor of California. Right. All uh, Bruce Jenner, all uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Bruce Jenner just sounds so masculine. Well, this is a question I have with, what are the rules, right? Did Bruce Jenner win the decathlon or did Caitlyn Jenner? Or more recently, is Ellen Page in movies that she was Ellen Page? Or is that, do we have to reclassify those, recredit those movies into Elliot Page? I think they, I think they just have to be the way they were. Like the, Cause at the, the time, Wachowski brothers are now the Wachowski sisters. Yeah, that's a weird one. But they... Cause, when they did the Matrix, they were brothers. Right. That one is, is odd because I don't, no one really, they're not even, are they even working anymore? Do they create, have they made any films since the Matrix? I don't know. They made a lot of money. They made, um, right. did they make Cloud Atlas or did they make, they made uh, Jupiter Ascending. Did you ever see that one? That's mm-hmm. interesting. No, it's just, it's, it's, because in my cynical, uh, nature when i see somebody there was there was some other person i'd never heard of recently who announced that they are now non-gender they're a they i never heard of this person and then i saw all this stuff and so it's like oh that's a that's a way right now to get publicity is to change your gender oh yeah so if you're a if you're into movies and if you're not opposed to seeing movies that are maybe not for your family. Cloud Atlas is an interesting movie. Uh, Jupiter Ascending is a family-friendly movie about... It's highly, it's highly symbolic. It's not a very good movie. You, like, if you, watch, you should watch Jupiter Ascending. You'd, it's crazy. Um, it's about the reincarnation of a cosmic oligarch like the the humans are unaware of this political world i say political world that's probably one there's a whole world going on of the aliens and and people uh, uh, human humanity humanity exists off off of earth right Mm -hmm. and the humans have figured out how to live forever and there's this whole political story going on and a bunch of other alien races and stuff like that. And so Jupiter is set, uh, what, what, the, what they do, uh, I, don't, I guess I'm not spoiling anything. The way that humanity lives forever is the very wealthy families harvest planets. And so they take, they, they get a planet and they um, grow the population to a certain size and then they harvest all the people 
and make their live forever juice out of the people. The silent green. Oh, they don't really drink it. They it's uh, you w- watch the movie, but they go through like a a elect- electrified bath that then zaps them into their younger self, and so they live for thousands wow. of years by by uh, harvesting because you harvest a plant. So there's all this mm-hmm. biblical language. Because remember, the earth, will, the people on the earth will be harvested like wheat, right? Mm-hmm. The wheat and the tares. There's all kinds of uh, symbolism in this in this movie. It's cosmic symbolism. Very interesting. It's all messed up. So there's a but, re- <laughs> but yeah, that's the Wachowskis. There's a reply to the CDC hurricane vaccine tweet. It says, uh, some guy in Florida after hurricane, the first floor of my house is flooded. All of my windows are shattered and half my roof was torn off. The CDC sh- should have gotten the vaccine. <laughs> shake my head. <laughs> Here come the here come the tweets. Right. Yeah. Well, humor has played a big role in keeping some sanity in, in all of this. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think I think our point earlier, I don't know that Forrest Gump could be made again because or a modern version because I don't think we've had the I don't think we have any culture to insert him into. <coughs> Our cult, our culture is sterile. It isn't, it isn't. No, for, Forrest Gump right now be, on, I, you, you on IMDb, it, on IMDb, it gets an 8.8. That is a high rank on IMDb. To get, to have a movie that ranks 8.8 is well, it won, is incredible. It won the Academy Award for Best Picture. It was kind of an unorthodox film in the sense that it didn't have your traditional well, but sort it, of three-act play type things. remember we've we've talked about this how um yeah you're right but i mean it kind of does but it, it doesn't really have a, a hero's journey in the traditional sense although it, it is a hero's journey he has a right call to adventure and he he he's repeatedly called to adventure and he fulfills the call there's not really a a mentor character other than potentially lieutenant dan yeah we i was talking with somebody about how and and throughout the film jenny just mistreats him and abuses Mm -hmm. his good nature and ends up leaving him with a kid and financial responsibilities for raising her kid but he is his there's their kid but but he ends up with a reconciliation with with the woman right and and a child that he cares for and the child is very smart an improvement on the father you know, right. like you, it's sort of a progression. Well, and the, it's the, just, it's interesting. The thing too, though, is, is Forrest Gump was never, he's, he's, he's not a, he, he, he even says, I'm not a smart man, but he's not stupid either. No. Uh, he just is, he's not a cunning person. He isn't. He's innocent. He's surrounded by a lot of cunning, evil intended people who he ends up, some of them he ends up changing through his innocence, through his like moral, Lieutenant Dan. morality. Lieutenant Dan is a cynical guy who wants to die in the war because that's his family legacy is to die in war. And he's mad at Forrest Gump for who saving him, his yeah. life. And he's, and he blames Forrest because his life after the war is terrible. He's got no legs. He's an alcoholic. But even that situation is reconciled. Yeah. Yeah. And and Lieutenant Dan in a great way comes around, and, and and maybe in some ways Lieutenant Dan is the world, and Forrest Gump is goodness and truth and honesty that can change See, people and can change the world. For Forrest Gump is kind of like the ultimate of one of those nostalgia movies. You know, the, in the in the late '90s, early 2000s, there was a lot of nostalgia movies. Uh, 
what was the wedding singer for example is is a prototypical yeah. nostalgia movie where they they just trot out a bunch of old songs that you love and that's mostly what the movie is yeah the 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 oneaters the wonders that thing you do i think was another yeah. kind of in that you know throwing back to the classic era of sort of the birth of rock and roll yeah but the but like the um there's a lot of money to be made taking once a demographic has disposable income, then you remind them of all the things from their childhood and that gets them to come out and buy the movie and buy the merch merchandise. So what would be a, what, what are going to be the nostalgia films for us? For well, our, that's what for we're saying. Is we're, our culture, our culture has sort of been shattered here and, and uh, fragmented by the internet, first of all. And so it, as we postulated on how they would make Forrest Gump for the year 2021, the culture is broken. They, I don't think they can make a Forrest Gump because it would end up with it being Florence Gump, and their audience would be it would it would be it would get a five point two on IMDb, and it wouldn't win any. Well, it might win Academy Awards. <laughs> okay, well, what? but it would but it would be unwatched. Nobody would watch it. Nobody would care about it, and it would just be a big whitewash. Right. What What would be the What are the defining moments? Like, if you ask someone, say, our parents' age about defining moments, they would talk about maybe going to a civil rights march when they were a teenager, or they would talk about um, JFK's assassination. Or, or the Cuban Missile Crisis or something. Or or uh, seeing Elvis on TV or some, the Beatles on TV. Somebody's, somebody being worried about being drafted into Vietnam. That, what, was, that was big in my family. It was like... Right. What, are, what, what would be the defining moments for us? Well... Maybe if I'm going back to child childhood, like elementary school, you got the Challenger explosion that yeah. stands out. You, I remember we were always worried about the Soviet Union. That was something that was big. The Red Scare went. Yeah, up. that was deep. The um, I remember at least you know living in Utah, we were propagandized heavily with earthquake danger. We Did you used to do earthquake drills in school. Yeah, but I don't know that we were that concerned about it. The first. And I, I think I, I'll admit to when I was a kid, I was pretty oblivious to a lot of things. When I was a young man in high school, the Gulf War, the first Gulf War was going on. And that I remember having my first kind of gut check like, oh, my gosh, if this war drags on like the media is talking, you know, this Iraqi army with all these people and these tanks and stuff. I think they wanted that to drag on the way the current one has. And yeah, we may have dodged a bullet there have, or something. Well, literally we <laughs> might, we, if, if the 80, what was that? Like 89, 90, the first Gulf war. I thought it was like 91, maybe 91. Yeah. Google will tell me we would have been, we would have been prime age to go over there in, you know, just a couple of years later. 1990 was when it was talked about, uh, Operation Desert Shield was August of 1990 to January of 1991, and then Desert Storm was 91 to 90 to January to February 91. That was really fast. I mean, they took out the Iraqis super fast, and, yeah, and I, or at least their army. And I don't know if that was the plan or not, because now it's not like Iraq is any better prepared than they were then, and yet we're still there 20 years later. We're st in Afghanistan. Afghanistan has no 
resistance. I think the problem was for us to be there. I think at the time the Overton window hadn't moved far enough for George Herbert Walker Bush to stay there. Right. It was like, okay, mission accomplished. Your 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 rationale was to liberate Kuwait. To liberate Kuwait, and you did it. That was the problem. Is that it's all about narrative, and we know Mm -hmm. this is all about narrative. And so the narrative by two thousand one was we're not fighting Saddam anymore. We're fighting an ideal, which is terrorism. Right. And that's why this 20-year war has been possible. But I, I, I'm just saying, back, back in the 90s, early, ni- like 1990, I remember that was the first time where I kind of contemplated my own mortality probably and thought, oh, you know, I could be drafted into a war because I'm coming of age. Right. I had similar thoughts. And I kind of made the decision then. And this was my decision. I don't, other people are different, but I was like, I'm not going into the military. I had some friends that went in. You probably had some friends, acquaintances in high school that went. I remember one of the guys learned Russian and he was pretty, well, uh, pretty stoked about that. The military, especially the intelligence community, they love mormons because we go learn languages yeah and then we can come back and use those languages to spy on people who speak those languages (laughs) like uh someone we've mentioned before on this podcast evan mcmullen he was a cia guy i don't know the all those details but you know he now he's he famously ran for president in 2016 trying to scuttle trump and he's since become an anti-trump uh never trumper uh, has Trump fundraiser has Trump become the Emmanuel Goldstein <laughs> of our age now? Like, I mean, they they chased him out, ran him out on a rail. I think for, they're you know fabricated CNN, an election, fabricated the narrative, and now it's like, oh, Trump. CNN's got to be regretting running him out of town because Biden is boring, and CNN has lost like seventy percent of its viewership since Trump left office. Well, they're, we, as we've talked about, they're grasping for something to talk about, right? The media is grasping, and the question is... They did is, an eight-part series on Joe Biden's favorite ice cream. Eight parts? Eight different it favorite might have flavors? Been, it might have been eight minutes or something, but they oh. spent some, some serious, serious time, money and time talking about ice cream. Lieutenant Dan! I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't... I mean, I, I, I guess I'm trying hard to imagine some, something less interesting than Joe Biden. And his, I mean, this is, this is a guy, like, who, who really cares? He's been a politician for 50 years. All of my life. All of his life. All of his life. All of his adult life. He's not, he's not um, there's no mystery there. There's nothing to say. Like, we don't care what his favorite ice cream is. We don't care whether he said the N-word in Congress it just, yeah. There's no at least. I mean, he, he's a politician. He's like, so okay. He's, we, ava- he's available, Jones. We're sort of off the. We're kind of random today. That's all right. You're gonna be okay. You tell us if it's not good. Good listeners. Good listeners. <laughs> but I know there's something you wanted to to bring up. So here we are, an hour and a half or so in. We're gonna get and, to the point of the podcast. Well, I I don't think we we always say that. I don't think we ever actually do. Or we don't make very sharp points sometimes, but we need some we need some constructive feedback here, listeners. <laughs> if if you could create some controversy, that would sell podcasts. 
Not that we're actually yeah, selling. What we this need podcast. is for one of you to come find <clears throat> one of us and coax us into firing a weapon into the air. No, no. While while it's on. No, no, we don't want to go that way. We don't want to go that route because we don't want to go. A lot of the people, a lot of the people that are listening to us actually do know where we live. (laughs) But I know they wouldn't (laughs) coax us. You know, they're going to try to goad us into into exposing our true identities. And if if someone from the NSA spy center just heard that, understand? I was making a reference to a earlier thing that we talked about. That was a joke. It was a a A joke. joke. It was a joke, son. It was a joke, son. What's that a quote from? That's a good question. It is a quote. It's a joke, son. Uh, let me look it up. Anyway, so w- what what we were contemplating doing, the direction we were thinking about taking for this podcast was the idea that summer is upon us and the media seems to be grasping for the next big crisis or the oligarchy is on hold or, you know, summer's an interesting time because people are paying less attention to the propaganda outlets. I'm not sure if you understand how that works, but people go on vacation, the, the markets sort of calm down. You generally don't get your financial collapse during the summer. You'll get it in the, in the fall. You usually get these bad things happening in the fall. And like the coronavirus thing happened over the winter, the crash of October of 1929 happened, you know, September of 80, it was 87 in September. I can't remember, but you, you generally get, um, the the big events while school is in session you get you well, got september you get september is an important month yeah but you get you get the you get the events while school is in session because the kids kids are uh forced into whatever the teachers and the and the administrators are having them do and parents are focused on work and people are back to their normal lives and they're paying a lot closer attention to the propaganda machine i'm i'm quite worried about September 2021 because there's lots of good round even numbers that's this year it's this year it's so like tw- gematria the uh, 20th, numerological numbers it's the 20th anniversary of 9/11 9/11/2001 and just the world is upside down right now but let me uh, play a clip for that's a joke son that's, okay most of you should probably recognize this Yosemite Sam. Who is it? Foghorn Leghorn. Oh, it's Foghorn Leghorn. Okay. Which is probably the same voice as Yosemite Sam, but he he would say that's a that's a joke, son. All right, that takes me way back. So it's Foghorn Leghorn. There's also awesome. a mo- apparently a movie from the 40s called That's a Joke, Son. But I think there might be some other references to That's a Joke, Son, more recent. But that's a, that's a, that's a joke, Son. In that case, he says boy, but anyway. Well, anyway, are we in the eye of the storm? I mean, is this... The, 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 the thing is, this is what got me thinking about our, our little topic here. I think we're going to title this episode Apocalypse. Because one of my boys was telling me, and he's a young kid, right? He says to me, 
he's talking to his brothers and me and he had something came up and he's like, that's on my bucket list. And I said, you have a bucket list. And he's like, yeah. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Maybe you should have an apocalypse, a, a list of things that you're going to do before the apocalypse. Rather than worrying about dying, you're way too young to worry about that. We need to start doing some fun stuff now. And so that that's a good question is like, what is this the eye of the storm this summer? Is this our last chance to, to go have some fun, to do something interesting before the next leg of bro- broken mind propaganda slash potentially real calamity kicks in? Because they're not done. Guaranteed they're not done. Oh, by the way, I saw another, uh, another supply chain attack story earlier today. We, we, we were talking about internet shutdown and supply chain attacks and stuff like that a few podcasts ago. I think, I think it's, in the, it's in the air. It's in the ether. Something's going to happen in, this fall. Yeah, I'm, and I'm it could with be you. A supply ch- it could be cyber attack. I don't know. So I think, yes, I don't know if it's our last chance, but definitely go out and have a great summer and live, um, you know, go, go have fun. Like ignore the, what's on your apocalypse. Well, you know, I don't really care if I ever travel or fly again. Like I just took all the fun out of it. Yeah. I don't want to fly right now because you've got to have all this, all this COVID theater. They're even saying that at this point, masks on planes are just a show of respect it's like <laughs> so you know they don't do anything for the virus which means they never did anything for the virus it's all been a sham so the cyber attack link by the way the headline was uh cyber attack hits jbs global meat processing operations right so they've they've used cyber attacks for gas to disrupt the gas, gas pipeline pipeline and now food so, so maybe, maybe this is a good, a good summer to get prepped. Yeah, I but, think but so. What, but like, uh, prices have gone sky high. Yeah. I was looking at used cars the other day. Like I have a, I have a vehicle that I purchased a few years ago that I could probably sell for more than I paid for it from the dealer, which right. I'm not, I don't normally get vehicles from the dealer. I've got several old ones. And, uh, so what do you, what do you, do we need to be well, gra- grasshoppers I, or ants <laughs> or both a little of both when it comes to apocalypse stuff i like i like being i like where i live and there's lots to do right here that's fun within a, a day's drive we have some national parks we have a lot of outdoorsy type stuff well you like to get out right but Stuff to do to, uh, to do do. You just said do do. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I would like to go to Alaska again. I went to Alaska several years ago, and Alaska is incredible. Well, if you're not going to fly, are you going to drive through Canada? Well, we can't because they won't let you into they won't the country let now. You in, but that drive is actually pretty spectacular. I've driven to Banff a couple of times. And I've been up there once. It's a really great pretty. drive and and it pretty much stays awesome all the way to Alaska. I've never driven to Alaska, but mm-hmm. um I wonder if you could board a boat in Seattle and get to Juneau by boat. I mean, I'm sure you can. I just don't know if they allow that if there's that, if that 
exists you commercially. Could actually, yeah, get like a book passage or on it rather than like, taking a little skiff, yeah. a little a little rowboat. <laughs> or you're just uh, stowing away on a fishing vessel or something. <laughs> it could maybe be on Deadliest Catch. You ever watch that show? No, huh? This is the crab fisherman out in the Bering Sea. I've heard about it. And uh, they definitely dramatize it, but there was, I was at the hospital for the birth of one of my kids. And, you know, that's a lot of hurry up and wait. And during the waiting, there was a deadliest catch marathon. And I must have watched like 12 or 13 straight episodes. Let me me see if I can get the general um, storyline. Okay, so you have uh, these fishermen that kind of come from a poor, they're, they're not like, super wealthy but they've got girlfriends and families and stuff and then they kiss their kids goodbye and they get on the boat and then they throw a few traps out and then a storm hits and then there's a storm after storm and water washing over the boat and guys getting wet and they're trying to pull in the catch and then they're also trying to decide whether they should abandon all of their traps and go home to save themselves and their the kids are getting worried and the wives are getting worried and the girlfriends are getting worried and then the storm abates and it calms down and they haul their catch in and they come home and then they, they look at each other and they're like, oh, I don't know if we're going to make enough money to do this again next Thursday. Pretty much exactly. Is that what it is? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah the, all, all kind of blue-collar white guys are uh, tattooed and smoking and they drive Harleys in the off-season. And yeah. yeah, you pretty much nailed it. You ever watch Gold Rush? I think I might have seen a bit of that. That's what gets me sucked in because you know, we don't have cable television, but we watch it when we go to a hotel or something like that. And the Discovery Channel, I think, is the one that has Gold Rush on. They'll have like yeah, these epi- are all episode after episode after episode of it. Exactly. And that is so intriguing to me. These guys mining for gold and it's like, oh, they found some more gold. They found new ways to, or new topics, like uh, there's barbecue shows now where you go through like a barbecue tournament. A tournament? Yeah, so these guys will have a cook-off. And if you win the cook-off um, amongst, uh, among the other two competitors, you move on. Well, you got to keep watching because the next episode is the next round. Oh, okay. And you got to find out who's the champ. And they're going to cook something different or they cook yeah. the same thing? They don't know what they're going to cook until oh, okay. they, they, they unveil the, today you're going to cook brisket. You know what my wife's into is the, and my son, the British baking show. I haven't seen that This one. is the sophisticated version of the... And so they make barbecue. rock hard biscuits with no flavor. Um, Have you ever noticed? I've never tasted their food. What's one kind of restaurant you? The never judges see? seem to like it. You see, we see Vietnamese restaurants, Korean restaurants, Thai restaurants, Mexican, Italian. You don't see British, do you? No, because no one wants to drink room temperature water and bread. You don't see Scottish restaurants either, like haggis. No one wants haggis <laughs> or Irish. No one wants just potatoes. You find Irish pubs. Well, that's different. Well, where were we? I don't know. The apocalypse. Okay, so oh, yeah, we're talking yeah. so about traveling. So would you? So are, what we're saying, you're kind of saying you've you've already traveled the world, and there's nothing you want to see before the whole breakdown of society. Well, I I have been quite a few places. Some different jobs took me around different countries. I've, I've been, been on an airplane like three or four times. I've been to Australia and New Zealand um, a couple of times. And it's unfortunate because they're. The, I really like Sydney, Australia. It's a it's a neat city. I just don't know if we'll ever go back. 
Hmm. New Zealand is incredible. It's a long flight. <laughs> it is. I've been to the Middle East. I've been to a few countries there. Um, it's not incredible. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of cool history there. I've been to Petra. Cool. That's that, in Indiana Jones. Yeah. And that's cool. Well, the reason that's I where say the, that's where the Holy Grail was buried. Historical right. fact. You know, so, you know, that uh, famous uh, facade that you see in Indiana Jones, which I believe is called the Treasury. Um, it's a facade. You, there's a door. Mm-hmm. That door goes about six feet. And, and that's it? And that's it. It's, it was just carved in the stone. It's surface. It's a facade. It's not so actually. They, they a, didn't go further back. <clears throat> No, and the whole there valley, are no three three uh, challenges for the unless, hero to pass through. Unless it's possible, I just wasn't <coughs> worthy enough to see the what was really there. But the whole valley of Petra has these facades. There's other ones that are bigger and more spectacular than the famous mm-hmm. one. They just they're not as well preserved. That one, for whatever reason, is just really well preserved. See, and these are the three challenges from Indiana Jones. At the breath of God, only the penitent man shall pass. The penitent man. The penitent, the penitent man, man. The penitent man is the humble man. The penitent he, man kneels. He kneels before God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So he makes it through that one, and then what's the next one? Uh, only in the name of God. Yeah, but remember, Latin Jehovah is spelled with an I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so don't step on the J first. Right. Which he does, but he catches himself. And the final one is only in the leap from the lion's head. And he leaps into the abyss and lands on the invisible bridge. That is a really cool moment. I it's thought a great that was scene. great when and, I was a kid. And then, of course, there's the fourth challenge. Which, which is, was not stated in the Grail diary. Just picking the actual Grail. Right. Needed a little this bit of historical context. This is the cup of the King of Kings. Yeah. And, that, and then he melts. Yeah, he melts into like oblivion, the Nazi guy. I think that's a good movie. I like. I liked uh, those first three. Indiana or uh, Temple of Doom was a little bit dark, especially for its time. Yeah, but um, the the Last Crusade is a great metaphor, and it's a great movie. I wasn't into the Crystal Skull, whatever the alien one. It was. That's interesting, though. But yeah, it's but it's not. It's not the same quality. So. What's on your apocalypse? So you mentioned two things. There's the whole like, is this the, you know, have fun, travel kind of thing. And then there's time to get prepped. Yeah, the apocalypse. Well, the thing is, I remember something my dad told me when we were talking about. um, I I was in 2008, I wanted to get into real estate investing because everybody and their dog was, it was 2007. I can't remember, but around that time in my life, it was like, Hey, this world is passing me by. Everyone is making money in real estate and the prices just go up and up and up. And he's had it, having seen the business cycle and just, you know, he, he, he's not necessarily on the wave, same wavelength as me. In fact, he, he would be somewhat aghast at this podcast. Father Bruno, if you're out there, forgive me for straying from the path so far. <laughs> <laughs> impugning the government in so many conspiracies. Um, well, the oligarchy. Let's be clear about that. No, uh, he was talking to me, uh, like I was talking to him about investing, like, hey, I got to get into this. We got to get, we got to do something. We got to buy some property or whatever. And it was right before things were about ready to collapse, right? And I hadn't, hadn't seen it turn. I'd, I'd, been, I'd lived through the dot-com bust, but I didn't understand how the cycle worked, right? 
how it tends to inflate then deflate or rise and crash, you know, the whole economy. And uh, he calls me down. He's like, well, you know, there's some, there's some people out there talking about recession. And he's like, I've got, I get this financial newsletter from a group called Kiplinger. And he shared a newsletter with me. It was on paper, right? It was something that was mailed to him at the time and that they paid for. And then he, uh, you know, he's talking about how this, this kind of ha- thing happens and, it'll, you know, it might crash. And so you want to be careful and talk to me out of making a really bad mistake, which was really smart. And uh, as, as we discussed later on, I, I started to do some research after the crash about how people had foreknowledge. And I'm like, hey, there's some people that say that there's the government caused it or the Federal Reserve banking system or whatever. And, you know, and then he says, well you know, for, for the government to be complicit in this sort of thing, I'd have to really do my research and find out for sure to, you know, cause I don't think a sitting president, there's too much honor in the office of president for a man like Bill Clinton to fire off a bunch of cruise missiles at Syria, just to detract, dis- distract from the Monica Lewinsky scandal. I mean, <laughs> I'm like now, nowadays I'm thinking, <laughs> Oh, if we only knew dad, but, uh, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, I, we, we were discussing this and, I, and I'm saying, well, a lot of people have foreknowledge of this and what if it goes like this? What if, what if this happens or whatever? And, and, he, and he just said something that's really Im- impacted me. He says, well, by the time you know for sure, then it's already too late. Like if, you, if you're trying to judge where the markets are going or if you're, if you're trying to guess when an earthquake is going to happen or something, by the time you know for sure that that's the, the outcome that you were supposed to be prepared for, it is too late to get prepared. If, if you're dealing with a financial collapse, once you know that it's on, everybody's already going to sell. And so the value of your stocks are going to be way down. Or if you know that Bitcoin's going to collapse, you know, once you see it collapse, it's too late to sell your Bitcoin because everybody else is selling it. And if you're thinking that there's going to be a big earthquake, once it happens, it's too late to prepare. It's it's upon you. One one of our listeners, by the way, he lived through the, uh, he was uh, in Oakland during the time of that earthquake. He, he's got some great stories to tell about that, how you just, when the big one was on, couldn't, couldn't move. He tried to stand up and walk and it threw him back on the couch. He was helpless. And, and, you know, was he vaccinated? Not at the time, hmm. I think. Shake my head. Maybe that's why he couldn't walk. But uh, the point is, it's already too late, right? So yeah, prep, prepping is an interesting thing. Once, once you know for sure why you're getting prepped, it's too late to be prepared. When preppers have always been, even that word, I think, kind of, wasn't it's it originally kind of a right derogatory? And I mean, the original prepper in, in the Bible story is Noah. Yeah, and, and he got made people fun get of laughed and at, mocked, and if anything, doomsday preppers the, Noah the Noah last, version. The last year or so has proven that preppers, homeschoolers, and conspiracy theorists are onto something. Yeah, and you can never. I don't think you can ever go wrong in being prepared. You can probably take it too far, but. I don't know anymore if you can't take it too far. Yeah, can you take it too Look far? At, we were on the verge of, you know, if you go back to last year, we were on the verge of some pretty serious problems that had nothing to do with the virus, right? 
we were on the verge economic of, problems yeah of the economy complete, was in bad shape well the economy but then just complete social uh lockdown and i mean remember here talking about before the virus hit or after after before okay. yeah before the economy was teetering right and then everything collapsed and that and then but you're referring more to the black lives matter chaos the the angst over the election well, that sort the, of thing and the restrictions put on to us remember even here in good old freedom love in utah governor herbert tried to instigate checkpoints at our borders to make sure that nobody entered or left the state with the virus but not physical checkpoints right physical checkpoints they wanted to do a physical checkpoint <laughs> yeah they they were going to ask people what was the it didn't really work and it kind of fizzled out, but they had people at borders. Um, I know they did and they something were, they with were the mobile phones. People, yeah, they had the mobile phone alerts and they were asking people to self-report. I think that's right. But I do think, I seem to remember that there were highway patrolmen stationed at borders, not necessarily stopping people, but sort of... Show of force? Show of, show of force. We were... We were, I realized during this that it would be so easy to trap us in the state, in, yeah, in our state. Well, it would be easy to trap us along the Wasatch Front. In the Wasatch Front, there's only like four places they'd have to blockade, and we'd be trapped here I 15 to the north, I 15 to the south, I 80, I 80 east and west, and a couple you might of have to do Provo Canyon, you might yeah, highway, you do highway, Tooele. highway uh, 189 up Provo Canyon, five mile pass, five mile pass, and that's pretty much it utah canyon yeah utah county's got some more escape routes but not very but again it, you could you could shut those off with two sh sh two two soldiers in a hummer oh they definitely have plans for that what they do is they they have this idea that they're going to bring in a semi truck with four of the big freeway concrete dividers so you'll see those when they're doing construction they just oh, yeah. use a crane and they lift those and so it only takes four of them to block off like six six highway lanes and yeah. what it does is it would narrow the freeway down to one lane. And so they put up a little booth or guys with a Hummer. And then you have to stop to get it to get in and out. It could be done in 10 minutes. Easily. 10 minutes from now, we could all be trapped in this valley. Yeah. Which and we'd have to be playing that, Sound of Music walking over the Alps to get into Austria. Yeah. And I, I have walked over the mountains. Or to get into Switzerland. Sorry, they, they leave Austria. I, I have walked over these mountains around here to get to other parts, yeah. but I did that for fun. Heaven forbid this happened in the winter. Well, yeah. And, and they, it, last March, the mountains were impassable. Yeah. The mountain trails and some of the dirt roads. Yeah. So. Well, this took a turn for the worse because now we're talking about prepping. And it's. The idea was to maybe have more of a positive ending to the show where we talk about things we would do before the apocalypse, but now we've reverted to how have, to prepare have, for the apocalypse. I have things I'm going to do. Like last summer, I went to Yellowstone twice. We went to Yellowstone last year. And we did some other things. We found some sort of off the beaten path stuff here in Utah. One of them is this little place where you dig up trilobite. Fossils. Oh, we've been there. The quarry out by Delta? Yeah. It's yeah. called U-Dig. It's only a little plug for you. We've been there. So that's still operating. That's and it's good. clear out there. And it was kind of funny. So it's like a three-hour drive. Yeah. You're literally in the middle of nowhere. 
No, no, he's not kidding. Like we're talking about if there is a middle of nowhere, this is it. Yeah. And we get there and there's a surprising number of people there for what it is, right? There's an, there's t- probably eight or 10 other parties. Yeah. And then there's and, a track hoe. And yeah, that digs up and who knows where they are. And order there's a little, their, ha- little, little booth or house or something where some guy's out there collecting cash. Yeah, who knows where they order their trilobites in from? Cause maybe they're all natural. No, they totally are. They dig, but, they dig up that shale. Yeah. And yeah, it's no, so it, satisfying to sit I, there and split the shale and find I, the trilobites. I've got 80 pounds of them in my backyard in a bucket. And it, you, a are buckets. they all split or do you have um, some, you can still, some no, shale you can still mostly, split? We, we kept the more, um, you know, the intact ones, but how much did they want? But what's the prices right now? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. But the funny thing is we get there and the lady kind of running the show says, if you guys don't mind waiting a few minutes, we want to, we want to make sure to social distance while we're out here. Oh. <laughs> and I started laughing. I was like, we're, we're in the, we're, we're in the middle of nothing, literally nothing. You can't social distance more than this. <laughs> you told her that? No, I, I kind of said it out loud, but I, I didn't want to call. She, she's just, it wasn't, you know, this was in like April. So things were somewhat fresh or April, May of last year. And people were still legitimately scared, but I just thought it was funny. Like you couldn't get more socially distanced. But so we did stuff like that last year. Um, and I would like to do stuff like that this summer. As we've alluded to, I'm going to leave town. I'm I'm doing something that I'm going to do some traveling through the West. And I'm looking forward to that. And I love the American West. And so I'm content to kind of travel the American West. Now, I did mention some stuff, I've some places I've traveled. I've still never been to Europe. And I think that would be fun. But I you dig is expensive, by the way. They're advertising 20 bucks or 19 bucks for two hours if you're under 16. Under seven, you don't have to pay. $33 age 17 and older. So that, but it is so satisfying to split that yeah, shale and it's, find those trilobites. It's fun. It was fun. And the, anyway, kid, the kids had a great time. Anyway, but so my, uh, my, my, I never, I was never like the kind of guy like, like, oh, I love traveling. It's just sort of circumstances with some jobs <laughs> I've had. I've traveled internationally. Mm hmm. I don't really care if I ever leave the country again. I, I mean, maybe that changes. Maybe my opinion changes. Right now, there's such a hassle about it, and there's so much uncertainty in the rest of the world. I don't want to go get trapped in Italy or something. You don't want to get uh, locked down in a brothel in Spain? <laughs> right. <laughs> At wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> Honey, I was having dinner with so-and-so. <laughs> they told me it was a cafe. <laughs> That was my big joke early on is there was a story about this uh, this brothel in Spain where they they found that one of the ladies had been uh, exposed. And so they went there and just locked everybody down for like 20 days or something. They had to live in the brothel. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like traveling too. I think it's fun and under the right circumstances. The question is, what what kind of hoops are they going to make you jump through? Well, travel... Or, and what's it going to be like when you get there? Flying on an airplane, even pre-COVID, was not a pleasant experience. I mean, you go through all the security theater, right. you're jammed in there. It's like the most uncomfortable It's like the oligarchy to, has to tried to... The, the oligarchy has gone to exceptional lengths to try and make 
make it so that you can't get around like they do. Right. You know, like right. for some reason, they don't like the idea that the regular kids are uh, moving freely about the world quickly, you know, and, efficiently. And now post-COVID, I mean, traveling on an airplane is even worse. You, you got gotta, people. You got to wear a mask the whole time. You got right? people causing fights over masks. You got, you got people being thrown off flights because their small toddler pulled their mask down. And then, then, you, then you've still got all the same issues. And then, you know, services have been cut. They're not. A lot of people aren't doing. A lot of airlines aren't doing food and beverage services because we all know that the COVID spreads through bags of peanuts. Well, not peanuts. You could kill someone on the airplane if it's peanuts. So now it's just pretzels <laughs> peanut butter is still legal for now for now we you know during our little break we had some peanut butter cookies and there might come a day where those are obsolete. illegal yeah have to make our own peanut butter out of peanuts which are illegal hmm. so i'm i'm kind of thinking like yeah i under the circumstances i don't really want to travel like get on an airplane or whatever but I would like to get out and just sit in nature and contemplate, you know, kick back, maybe do some fishing. We, we, we've planned some camping trips this summer. I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, but I think we're different than regular people. We like Like I don't have outside. an itch to go down to Vegas and gamble, see a, or see a show or whatever. Yeah, I don't care about I think Vegas is... No offense to our vast contingency of Las Vegas listeners, listeners, but you guys live in the worst place on the planet. Las Vegas is awful. There's nothing. There's no redeeming qualities of Las Vegas. <laughs> nothing. It's I didn't a know giant, he was going to. I didn't know you a, felt that strongly about a, it. It's a s- disgusting, hot scorched earth sprawl there is nothing in <laughs> vegas the only good thing to do in vegas is to drive right on through not even stop and have a cheap steak no no what about mesquite mesquite has a gas station that i'll sometimes refill at okay where do you where are you headed you're well, headed to california that's to, not much we better. used to go to california what do you do in California? We would go to pay way too much money to get into a place they call the happiest place on earth. We yeah we did place that we, killed co- killed the public domain. We did a little of that. We used to go to um, um, Carlsbad. Okay, which is closer to San Diego. Okay, and um, we enjoyed some beach time in Carlsbad. So one time we went up the coast from LA all the way up to Oregon. The Redwoods are really cool. You you visited the Redwoods, haven't you? Not the proper Redwoods, but I have been to the Muir Woods near San Francisco. Okay. And that has some Redwoods there. That's beautiful. But not the giant sequoias. Oh yeah. I've never that's, been to that's Yosemite. That's amazing. I've never been to Yosemite either. And unfortunately what I hear is Yosemite's kind of ruined in a way. It's been packed like it's packed. Like they won't one of the one of my beefs with the park service is that they have these parks with a lot of room in them but they won't fix the roads or expand the parking lots they like make everybody suffer and then they want to put people on buses and they say well we need the buses because of the traffic problem but they could solve the traffic problem by having better parking lots bigger parking lots yeah yellowstone and, and maybe some two lane roads yellowstone is a, is a really uh, 
the the Yellowstone's vast. It's gigantic, and you have very small parking lots. So what happens is, so if you go to somewhere like, you know, the, some of these famous geysers like Old Faithful, Old Faithful has a little bit better parking. Well, Old Faithful has the biggest parking lot in the park. But it still gets packed. And so what ends up happening for some of the smaller ones especially is the parking lot gets filled. And so you have a line of cars waiting to get on the, the two-lane, yeah. single, you know, single-lane highway. Yeah. And so you get stuck and you Here's my advice on Yellowstone. Go late in the season. If you're if you want to see Old Faithful, fine, go. It's kind of iconic. But the best part of Yellowstone is the Lamar Valley. It's harder to get to because it's farther away. There aren't any services out there. There's no geysers that all, everyone wants to look at. But what you do get are... This is up in the northeast, right? Yep. What you do get are huge valleys, lots of wildlife. You have a better chance of seeing wolves, bears. There's bison out there. And it's uh, a little bit quieter. That's that's where I, I like to go. Did I show you the... Uh photographs i got of that bear near its kill in the hayden valley i don't know if you showed me yours but that was famous that yeah there was a there some was guy video. got video of it i was thinking about that the other day so this grizzly bear drowned a bull elk in the, the in the yellowstone river it's fascinating to watch i think the elk had a broken leg the, when it went into the river it looked like it, it was it, limping yeah now, an elk can survive a broken leg. The elk are super tough. This looked like a... But what? Maybe it was dangling. I, I don't remember. But what it can't survive is being drowned in a river by a grizzly bear. And by that, a huge grizzly bear. And that bear. grizzly turned it over and over and, and it just... Yeah. And eventually the elk just... The elk drowned. That's how it died. Yeah. And then the grizzly... Dragged it to the bank... Started and, burying it. It was and this half was, in, half out. This was in front of. This is a spot that uh, there was a people pulled over and videoed it and witnessed it. Yeah. It was. It was not like we, in some deep part of. We happened on it the day after that's it happened. A, that's amazing. It was amazing. I've got some really cool pictures of it. But the video of it happening is also incredible. We'll uh, link to that. So that bear was prepping. For the apocalypse. <laughs> well, what's interesting is that story continued. The bear that made the kill and got the initial feed on the elk ended up getting run off by a smaller but younger, younger bear. Yeah. bear later in the summer who then sort of gorged on the same carcass. And I think possibly took over kind of alpha status for that area. You think so? Maybe. <clears throat> do, you, do you pay attention to those things? Uh, I mean, I think... You're an outdoorsman. I could see. It's interesting. I got into the, I, I got, I got way in. So we went up there twice last year and we also went to Teton National Park, which has some cool stuff. See, that's, that's what I'm thinking might be the place to go to is Teton Valley. Cause I've been up to Yellowstone quite a bit, but the want, Jackson Hole crowd doesn't strike me as like welcoming to the, my, my COVID it was, tendencies. Yeah, a little Sensi bit. My sensibilities. The, I think that the, the, the way to see Teton Valley is to get up super early in the morning mm -hmm. and then get off on some of the side roads. And that's where you're going to see... Many years back, I went and did some early wildlife. morning photography there. There's like a whole crew of people that will come to certain of the turnoffs and 
Well, try if you to can get... find the bear chaser. So there's a famous Teton bear called 399. Really? And I ran into uh in a car, not and I didn't literally <laughs> run into, but we encountered her 399's one of her many daughters really? called 6 90 they number these bears and so two, you saw the tag did um, it have a tag the guy, on it? we were with a guy who oh. who recognized who knew these bears oh okay some of them are tagged i don't remember if she was but i ended up kind of getting into this 399 bear and, and i bought a expensive picture book mm-hmm. but the life of 399 well we never saw 399 last year but she had triplets last year and this bear really? is like 20 something years old wow and so I'm interested to see if, and I guess I could go look it up. She's probably emerged, assuming she survived the winter. You know, they hibernate, but it'd be interesting to see if she, she won't have new cubs this year because she would be still with her yearling cubs. But she's sort of famous and photographers will follow her around. And I think people mm-hmm. have some access to maybe the tracking because mm-hmm. I think they've tracked her in the past, but. Anyway. Well, I think wildlife photography is super fun, although in those parks, it's sometimes disappointing when you're getting this great shot of an elk and there's a big yellow tag in his ear. Right, or a it's collar. Like, yeah, it's like, okay, I wanted a wild one. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I love the wildlife photography, but the, the Tetons are beautiful to, to photograph just themselves mm-hmm. in the mornings when the sun is coming up. Go to the old Mormon Row barns. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff up there, and there's a lot of people that will go... F- photograph up there too so you, you might have a hard time depending on where you where you try to stop you got to get there early because there's a ton of photographers well in the summertime the best light on those tetons is in the morning too because that that the sun sun's coming from the east yeah but yeah it's you can't take a bad photo up there so we, teton valley would be fun we have stuff like that we actually have another trip planned to go to another fossil place up in wyoming oh yeah where's but, that uh I think it's near Kemmerer. <laughs> Spell that. K E M E R E R. K E M E R E R. Kemmerer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to look this up. Later in the summer. What kind of fossils? I don't know. Um. My, it's, it's, it's my my dad's K- gotten real into this, and so he K E M M E R E R. Can't remember. So your dad's big into the fossil stuff. Yeah, and it's it's and the grandkids have gotten into it. You know, uh, our kids and <laughs> excuse me, cousins and all that. Zoom so tight. I'm gonna just tag along, but um. Well, up, okay, so that's on the way to, um, let's pass Evanston on the way to like Jackson. It's up in the different corridor though. You'd turn off, it's like up towards Pine, okay, yeah, Pinedale. It's not, it's not the road to Afton, Thane, Freedom yeah, up you, there. Yeah, you turn off before then and you go up. It's like the, if you're going to go to Pinedale mm-hmm. um, or up into the Wind River Mountains, which are spectacular. You know, there's some... Okay, yeah, so you can get up into Wyoming. That's that's some interesting stuff. Uh, we've, we've thought about maybe going to the Black Hills, the Badlands in mm-hmm. South Dakota. I mean, they were really friendly to uh, non-COVID people. I think all of the rural West 
is over all of this. They were over it last year. When I traveled through small towns last year, you wouldn't even know it was happening. You wouldn't have any idea. Yeah. See, here's here's some fun things in northern Utah, southern Idaho that you might be interested in. Uh, out on the Soda Springs Road, you've got like Downata Hot Springs, Lava Hot Springs. There's some cool little yeah, hot springs places. Cool. You've got like Cherry Hill and you've got um, Crystal Hot Springs in Utah, which I don't know if they're going to be all... Cause they're they're closer to civilization, so they might have a bunch of social distancing regulate. I just it just really bothersome to see people worrying about it right now that it's over. Uh, have you ever been to City of Rocks south of Burley? Mm-mm. That's kind of a cool place. A lot of really, it, it's more. I went of to a, the School of Rock. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> no, they're great. Do you play the guitar? Either. No, <laughs> I don't play any instruments. You're just like a radio personality extraordinaire, singer, <laughs> great, great singer, vocalist. Well, anyway. Uh, I've got a voice for, for the written word and a face for radio. <laughs> you ever been to Craters of the Moon up in uh, mid-southern Idaho? No, no, I don't think so. That's interesting. A lot of volcanic rock. But if you've been down to, okay, so there's the lava tubes down in Fillmore. Mm-hmm. You've been down there with the Boy Scouts, right? I don't know if I ever went there. I know the area, but well, uh, so down by Fillmore, it's uh, there's there's a place called the Meadow Hot Springs, which is just like a hot spring, like right out in the middle of cow pasture. There's no, you'd miss it. It's so flat. You got to kind of know what you're looking at, and the uh, it's on private land. But at least the last time I was there, there was a sign up that said families and scout groups are welcome. You know, mm-hmm. be polite, be rational. You know, don't don't drink and party over here. Right. There's a couple of hot springs, and they're deep too. You could you can go down like twenty or thirty feet, and they're beautiful, prismatic, uh, mm-hmm. colorful things. But then nearby are the lava tubes, and a lot of scout groups go out there. There's three or four really awesome caves created by these lava flows, and they're they rival craters of the moon. It's interesting because craters of the moon is a national monument and preserve, and it's not much better than what you'd see down in Fillmore for free. Right. Um, but both of those are kind of fun. I and really, another underappreciated uh, area it's, is um, central southern Utah, like um, Mexican hat area, Bears Ears. And we no, were down in Escalante. Escalante. We went down to Escalante a couple of weeks ago, or four or five weeks ago. People hit the circuit, the the Zion National Park, Arches National Park, but they miss that stuff in the middle, and it's some of the best stuff in the state. You've got uh, Calf Creek um, down there. The road from Boulder to Escalante is amazing. Have you been over that? Highway 12. You're like right on the top of the, what do they call that? You drive over Boulder Mountain, and then you drop, uh, you go over the Grand Staircase. Yeah, but there's this area near Calf Creek where you're like literally on the top of the spine of the mountain and you've got drop-offs on both sides and it's like curving around. And right. We were going yeah, through that at sunset. Highway 12. Amazing. Highway, if you take highway, if you, t- if you pick up Highway 12 at its 89 juncture just north of Panguitch and take it all the way through, that's an incredible drive. Yeah. It's a national historic scene way or what do they call those scenic byway scenic byways yeah and uh it's 
It's great. Just at, just uh, east of Escalani was where we went. Some friends induced us to go with them, which was really fun. I'm glad they did. There's uh, this dirt road you can take called the Hole in the Rock Road down there. Right. And there's st- arches on down there. There's the uh, Spooky and Peekaboo Canyons. There's the the Grand Wash, Coyote Gulch. Um, right. There's a place called the Devil's Garden, which is kind of a cool little rock formation down that way. Lots of fun stuff in that area. You've also got uh, the less visited Capitol Reef National Park down in that direction, which is, there's there's a lot of people down there these days, but it's still not as busy as, say, Bryce or Zion National Park. Uh, Bryce Canyon's interesting, but it's sort of a one... I know there's things to do there, but the, the main attraction is to t- just to drive along the rim and look down into it. Yeah, you can pull over at a couple spots and get the view. You can hike down in there. There's some fun hiking, um, but if you're not into that, you can just you can car, kind of car tour that in a in a day. You know what is actually fun is to drive from um, Salina down to say Canab on highway 89 the old highway 89 it's yeah, got some it's cool a, stuff you've got the big rock candy mountain you've got you can go float on the river there if you want yeah you got order orderville time. down there you can get into the backside of zion national park Kanab has a little old west movie museum yeah and don't they have the the uh best friends animal sanctuary down there too yep. we've toured that and we did the we did the movie museum and it's pretty kitschy and and kind of kind of it's it's but it's that's the point right it's a, yeah it's an, it's, it's a movie a, museum it's an old west cuz a lot of a lot yeah. of westerns were and still are filmed in that area if you go through Tory little hippie town of Tory which the the new ages are kind of taking that town over but there's a great little burger joint that's on highway 12 highway 12 is really cool Look, if you're going to go down by Tory, take the loop through Teasdale, mm-hmm. which is just behind it or south of it. That is a cool little road. I'd never been on that until we went down to Escalani, and it's just beautiful, you know? Well, that is a very good list of local things for the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, we're about two plus hours in. So, well, comment on the website if you don't mind. Tell us what things are on your apocalypse, what, what you think would be fun things to do, whether grandiose or small, things that you, you'd like to get in before the world descends into an I Am Legend World War Z zombie-style apocalypse, which it looks like it's more and more likely to do <laughs> this fall. Well, there is a big vaccine being spread all over the world, and... That was the whole premise of I Am Legend is the cancer vaccine got out of control. It's safe and it's effective and it's how we get our lives back. It's how we get I Am Legend back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, seriously, I'd I'd love to, you know, I've got my own ideas here, but I would really appreciate getting some of your uh, ideas. And I think the other listeners would appreciate getting some of your ideas about fun, positive things to do this summer in, on, or around Utah, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho. Montana's awesome. Arizona. I've got friends from Arizona that probably have some great well, ideas. One of my favorite 
I call it like the mountain man corridor. Maybe even Nevada. Did you ever get out to uh, Great Basin National Park? That's interesting. I've never been to the National Park, but I've been out into the what's kind of because that's near the, the trilobite quarry called the Basin and Range region, which is basically everything west of I-15 in Utah all the way to Reno. Yeah. And it, Which it, is a lot of desert. There's some pretty cool stuff but out there. But there's cool stuff out there that it's not Las Vegas. Anyway, I sidetracked you. What well, you? the mountain man, I call it the mountain man corridor. Yeah. Because um, there's a lot of mountain man history. Basically straight north of Evanston, going up through like Lander and Pinedale uh, into Jackson. Um Towards Star, the Wind River Valley, Reservation. The, the Wind River Mountains, up north of that into Yellowstone. It's a really cool area, and there's tons of his. If you like mountain man history, there's tons of it there. So, um, you it's know, a like bit of the stories like um, the story. You know, the Revenant was kind of made famous with the oh, movie, okay. but that book is pretty cool, and nothing really nothing like the movie. But that took place up in there. You got the book called Crow Killer, which is about Jeremiah Johnson. Mm-hmm. So lots of cool history up in there. Well, you got. Well, you know, you can go, uh, Montana's a long drive, but it's a beautiful place. Uh, I-90 going up to, from Butte to Missoula. Yeah, it's beautiful. To Spokane to, or to Coeur d'Alene. That's all really cool stuff, but that's a big long drive. If you're, if you don't want to go as far, about six hours away is uh, Ketchum or, Ketchum or you is, can go the other awesome. side, the other side, uh, to, um, Chalice to get into the sawtooth mountains there to stanley idaho is really beautiful my yep um my family has some ties to that area that i won't disclose otherwise you'll know exactly who i am and then nor- north into uh glacier national park way up there is amazing some of these national parks though are, you're taking your chances because you got a lot of baby boomers out well, and especially that, in the, the summer, but the whole region—they just get really busy. That region is—it's spectacular. So I was disappointed because you know five or four or five years ago we went. I wasn't disappointed. It was a beautiful trip, but we went north and saw Glacier and Waterton in Canada, mm-hmm. which is if you're going to Glacier, you've got to go to Waterton, which you can't right which now. Which you can't right now. But, but yeah, they're basically the continuation of the same park just across mm-hmm. the international border. Yeah, but uh, there. We went off season. We went in September, and it was just packed with you know the retirees, and it was like, uh, you know, fix the roads, fix the parking lots. We've got to. These are our parks that you're you're blocking access to. Anyway, well, to tie kind of tie this all together, we started talking about propaganda. Oh, white flathead, flathead lake, flathead lake, Kalispell, awesome. whitefish. Those are great. Yeah, I've spent That'd a lot be of time a great up place in that to area. visit. White, anyway, sorry. White, white. Wrap us up. Columbia Falls is probably nicer than Whitefish, by the way. And Kalispell is more like um, more touristy. No, Kalispell is more like um, it's more industrial. It's where the cheaper housing is or cheaper lodging. But yeah, Whitefish is a really cool place. Whitefish has a, some cool historic downtown, um, and then Columbia Falls is really nice. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'll be up there soon. Um, but. To tie this all together, going to these remote, more remote, rural places, these smaller towns, these off-the-beaten places, it's a great way to escape the propaganda. Turn off your mainstream news, download some good audiobooks or some podcasts like the MindVirus.show, and <laughs> you and you just you realize that the the rest of the world 
regular people are normal. We're just living our normal lives. Get out of the if you're if you live in a big city, you definitely need to get out in some of these areas and realize that your big city is not the real world. <laughs> it's like the t- real life Twitter or something like. So get out and enjoy these places in these big open spaces while they still can because eventually we're just going to develop it all. I mean, it might be a generation or four down the road, but um or we're going to be herded up and, and forced into big cities. In yeah, tournament con- concentration camps. camps tournament yeah. camps that we'll just relabel as cities. But but for real, though... Uh, this this th- summer is th- a good time to do something, to have some fun. The, to, the scenery to, spectacular. To get out into nature, reflect. There's great little diners and... Support uh, your, your local countrymen, meaning <laughs> countryside dwellers. Right. And there's a lot of cool little things that don't get the publicity of the big national parks. Um, and it's a great way to escape the, the psychosis and the, the fear and the propaganda and just go enjoy an old school American road trip. You've inspired me. All right. Okay. Well, so we won't be broadcasting while Bobby's gone because I've decided I'm going to take a, no, I think we have a few uh, a few uh, good guests lined up. I'm hopeful that they will still consent to be on the show and enlighten us. But uh, Bobby's going to be here next week, and then we're going to have a uh, what I call what, what what was the word I had for it a, a an existential sabbatical? No, it wasn't existential. Oh, um, unexplainable. Unexplainable sabbatical. Yeah. We're not going to tell exactly what he's up to. You may see him in the news, but you won't. You won't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's nothing that exciting. I think it sounds kind of exciting, but uh requires a lot of planning and uh we'll see if you can pull it off. On that note, ha- have a great week everybody. Yeah. Have a great week. We appreciate you sharing, listening, commenting, refuting standing up for truth correcting the the mainstream narrative where possible and and also correcting us and commenting on our comments and other people's comments on the on the website mindvirus.show all right guys have a great week and we will talk to you again soon bye-bye